feeling it. Let's do it. Moose crossings, red hot dogs, missing persons in salty bugs. Up to camp with Stephen King. River curses, Wesley sings. Homegrown horror. Hello. Welcome to Homegrown Bonus episode. And cue the organ music because <laughs> it is our Halloween. It's, it's that, what did I say it was going to be? The, it, it's extravaganza. It's ex. It's, it's the stra- it's extravaganza. Okay. The it's extravaganza. I was thinking of. That spook- was our first choice. I was thinking of spooktacular, but I remember. There's too much. No, I think spooktacular is trademarked at I this think time. So. Well, because that was another episode. Was the um about the the moose. The, the mo- specter. Moose. Oh yeah, it the, was the spooktacular. Yeah, wasn't the it? the the moosecapade spooktacular. <laughs> Well, that's different. It's a moosecapade <laughs> spooktacular. That's not true. Ooh, we're doing good. We put moosecapade <laughs> in front of it. We're good. I'm Bea Co-host. I'm Jackson Co-host. Welcome to the moosecapade extravaganza. Extravaganza. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, in case you didn't, like, this is our bonus episode. We did everything it. We did all the it. We, well. Asterisk. Asterisk. But yeah, so um, let's just put this here. So we didn't finish the book. No. Partly because... We're bad. Neither of us had time. It's a big book. It's a thousand pages. And the audiobook... It's the length of all of Lord of the Rings. The audiobook is 48 hours. And like I was listening to it at work. But I did have to take... And I'm not going to talk about it too, too much. But like I did have to take a considerable amount of time like off from reading the book. Because there are certain things in the book that are super fucking triggering. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm not ready to go back. The book is quite <laughs> rough. There are some pretty graphic shit in there. But I got to generally say, Bea and I are around in the same spot of the book right now. Yes. Um, we genuinely like it. There's a lot of stuff that we think does very well. So, but the problem is, is like, well, we wanted to have this in time for, for the bonus episode. So, uh, instead of talking about the book today, we have now committed ourselves in about two weeks to talk about the book itself because it deserves a lot of attention. So November gets two bonus episodes. All those fiction literary types out there that listen to podcasts, come listen to our extra special bonus episode and roast us (laughs) about how we're wrong. Yeah. Well, here, you know what? Now that I think about it, there's, they, it has always had a history of being in part one and part two. Yeah. There's two parts to the miniseries. There's two parts to the new movies. And now we have two parts to our extravaganza. There you go. It deserves a part two. That's as much we'll say, you know? Yep. And I got to say, watching some of these movies, you know, there's a lot to love in all of them. A lot <sighs> to hate in some of them. <laughs> I think it's really interesting because I do feel like this is so reminiscent of our experience with Pet Cemetery. It's very much so. Where we watched the OG and we were like, what? <laughs> people liked this? Actually, yeah. It's like, people liked that? There are things about the 1990 movie It series, miniseries. It's not a miniseries. It's two movies. It's I don't know why they say miniseries. I, I, think it's cause I was it's under a... the impression it was going to be like six episodes of something. I don't know. Like, it. Uh... 
It was the 1990s. Like, I was expecting like a John Adams biopic or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a, my first time. It was actually my first time watching all of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mostly because, and I will like, so I was going to go see at the Saco drive-in a couple years ago, pre-pandemic, they were doing, pre-pan, pre-pan, pre-panini, they were doing, um, one chap, chapter two came out, they were doing a double feature. Ooh, nice. My, my sisters and I had planned to go, I packed them up and, um, we got there and Jamie started having a panic attack because there were a lot of people dressed like clowns. Well, yeah, you know. And comes it, with the territory. Yeah, and so she was just sort of like, I was like, you going to be good? And she's like, yeah. And then like as like it it was packed. I would have loved to be in that theater full of freaks dressed as clowns. It was a drive-in. It was a drive-in. Yeah. Well, even better, I guess. But like, yeah, so they're just like a bunch of people walking around like the sun is going down. They're all in clown costumes. And, um, and it was packed. Like there was just so many, there were like, they were packing the cars in like sardines and we, well, they're clowns. Yeah. That's their thing. I know. Right. <laughs> so, um, we ended up leaving because I was like, I, it's not worth us staying if you're having this reaction. Yeah. If you're having so, a panic attack, you so, probably shouldn't be here. Yeah. So we went home and ordered Chinese food and just hung out instead. Okay. A very cool retelling. Yeah, and she she's seen it since. So like, okay, good. And so I've she now got seen and, and it. I've now yeah. seen it since in the comfort of my own home. So I got to see the first it. Uh, Emily and I had a date night where in twenty seventeen in twenty seventeen yeah mm-hmm. where we saw a fancy ass yeah she was visiting me in Vancouver and we went to the fancy theater um, nearby and mm-hmm. it was like super like clutch like love seat couch situation yep, yep, tables yep. F- food delivered to you yeah. in your seat and i was like there's like 12 people in the theater it was an astronomical price ticket but it was a lot of fun to see it in yeah that was that probably like setting. 20 bucks right <laughs> no more than that yeah it was like 40 a ticket what yeah it's like a thing it's like they pay a lot for the extra accoutrements you know I thought it was a nice date thing. I hadn't seen Emily in like uh Yeah. Yeah. Like Smitty's is a little bit more toned down, but it's still only like the price of a normal ticket. Okay. Which is what? Six chickens around here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Six whole chickens. (laughs) Whole chickens. And maybe, or, you know, three chickens and a rooster, give or take. So I guess let's start with 1990. I have... I guess. Hold on. How many pages of notes? I have. You have twelve pages, right? I have one. That's one, two, two three, four, five, six, seven, four, five. Are you not counting six, front to back? I have six double-sided pages. It's twelve pages. So twelve pages. Yes. Hell yeah. Um. I yeah. I went bonkers. So yeah. Again. I think uh, now what what you're not conveying to the audience though is that your T's take up like half the page. Did I'm joking with you? Holy shit! Are, are no, you, I are have you okay? no, I have really <laughs> shitty handwriting. So like you don't have shitty handwriting. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh my god! Get this pretty party out of here. Let's talk about this fucking thing. Yeah. So um, we are not gonna we're gonna as much as possible not do this whole like 
there's so much fucking content here, TM, TM. Okay, yeah, so, like, lengthwise, actually, the entirety of, like, the It movies, if we just, like, float those babies back to back with everything that we saw. No, the blanket's falling. Well, 1990 was actually the most condensed, I guess, out of it. Yes. So it was, like, three hours altogether, which shows, which shows, but uh-huh. it's also really funny because it's, like, you watch the 1990s and I'll say, like, you feel like you're missing a lot. Uh, but at the same time, they spend a lot, way too much time on other random bullshit that's really funny to me. It's like, we could have spent like this amount of time with more sincere character development, but I got to watch two grown men do some tricks on a bicycle for like five minutes. <laughs> so my, my issues with this movie are threefold, which is, I think... All of the acting, specifically the child actors, is terrible. Which of the child actors do you think did the best, though? I'm having a hard time finding a clear winner and all that. It's upsetting, like, how bad the child actors were. I think, personally... I think Bev, maybe. Yeah. I think Bev probably was the best. I think so, too. The other boys kind of fell flat the entire time. It's like they were kind of indiscernible. You know, actually, boys-wise, I think Ben did a better performance. I was, was going to say Ben and Bev are like Ben my... and Bev did the best, I think, which also, I think they get a lot of screen time in yes. the movie itself, so that kind of makes sense, too. I think so, too. Eddie, Bill's okay. Bill's... Who's, the, who's the best adult actor? Oh, shit. Tim Curry. <laughs> Tim Curry, obviously. Tim throughout. Curry is acting his fucking face off in this movie. <laughs> I fucking love Tim Curry's performance. He, he almost saved this movie for me. Yeah, we watched this separately and mostly you, separately. Mostly separately. We yeah, you watched. Um, I got to watch it over here while you were. I don't know, getting massage. I was or getting something. a massage. Yeah. yeah, we were gonna record, but then I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch it now. Because <laughs> um, yeah, I fucked up my schedule for my massage therapy. Yeah, so you had to get your short. massage in. You know, I your did. hot stones, your pedicures. Yeah, that's what happens when <laughs> you're a broken human. <laughs> large Swedish woman just suplexes you into like a sponge bath. <laughs> oh yeah. Now I'm like, I feel great now. So. Um, yeah, so, and then I watched, like, the end part, like, Yeah, you watched that last 30 with minutes with, with me, you. which I enjoyed that we got to experience that part together, because it was the, probably, I hated it, I really hated the it's, last 30 it's not minutes good. of the movie. It is not good. But, like, child actors-wise, it's hard to find good child actors, right? Like, especially, I don't think they perfected child acting to the point of, like, say, Stranger Things or stuff like that. You okay, know? but think about it. It's 1990. Yeah, it's 1990. Who do we have in the 90s? What do you mean, what's in the 90s? Boy Meets World? Uh, we got... I don't know. Like, we have... I mean, they're... Elijah yeah, they're, Wood, Macaulay Elijah Culkin. Macaulay. Um, well, they couldn't book them, apparently. Obviously not. Probably. You can book... This is they a, spend, whoa, their, whoa, they this spend is, all their budget on Tim Curry. See, honestly, like, how much money did, like, HBO have at this time? They're pretty... Like, they did good stuff for... They've been doing good stuff for a long time, but I don't think they're known for, like, insane production value in the beginning. Just put, like, the biggest pin in the budget, obviously, because we'll come back to that. Yeah, we always always talk about the the money. Yeah, I fucking... That's one of my favorite parts, is I love looking at the budget and having you guess. Yeah, we love money. We love love talking about it. Money, 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 money! So, my second problem Mm -hmm. is the writing... 
Oh, yes. Because it's like, um, one of my biggest notes is like the fact that they tell instead of showing. And this they... is like a common fault, I feel like, of just a lot of movies at this time. 90s is like, it was blockbuster for movies, you know? It's like a lot of like crazy shit came out in the 90s and oh, 80s. Yeah. And it's just like insane writing. You could put like most action movies in that category because of just how much they sold and people just watch whatever shit was out there. I also, for me, it was also like they were, they knew they were like, we want to include these things from the book. Uh huh. Yeah. But for some reason, we can't just have it happen how it happened in the book. We're going to switch the character that it happens to. And we're going to move things around in really weird ways. Or we're going to like add it as a separate thing. Like a really good example is like Richie is the one that sees when they're adults and they come back. Richie's the one that sees him in the library. Mm-hmm. But in the book it's Ben because mm-hmm. when they're walking around Derry, he, that's where he goes because that was right. his safe haven. Duh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking no, duh. duh. No duh. Why is it Richie? Don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like they they spend a lot of time with the Richie adult actor. Um, actually, I like the Richie adult actor. Oh, he was great. He was great. Yeah. Out of the adult actors, I think he was my favorite. I was like, eh, it's fine. There is some weird shit going on with the adult actors. We'll, we'll yeah, talk about that. We'll talk that about that in later. one second. Yeah. So that was one thing I thought was weird, is they were very clearly like, we want to include X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand why it was. It doesn't have to be a one-to-one adaptation, but just some of the choices they made were weird. There were, yeah, I mean, I agree. It was very odd seeing like, Okay, so the component that they overplay quite a lot in this is the infatuation with Beverly. Yes. Like they do oh my that, god. They do that with the kids, which is kind of funny. There are some funny moments, like where all the kids are kind of fawning over Bev or whatever, and it's yeah. like, okay, this is kind of adorable. There were actually some moments in the 1990s movie where I was like, oh, that's cute. That's kind of you know? cute, yeah. Like when the kids posed for a photo, it was super like stilted, but it was still kind of cute. You know? Yeah. Uh, but it was an interesting choice. It's like, we just fought for our lives after a rock fight. Let's take a picture to memorialize Memorialize this. <laughs> and I I feel the other, like, in the way that the writing is. And we do get it a little bit in the, ni- in the, in the new movies where I was like, why? Is it was almost like a mini, like, part two was like, oh, we forgot to mention the bike. Oh, yeah. That oh, was we, interesting. We forgot to mention um, that there were... It was like, hmm, we didn't do a good enough job portraying the relationships. Let's just remind everybody that, oh, this also happened. Right, right. And it was like, well, just show that to me. I think that the new movies do a much better job of making me believe these kids know each other. These kids care about each other. These kids are friends. Yeah. Was there also, sir... There was... um. No, that I agree. Like the new movies did a better job of establishing the character development, everyone's relationships to each other, which um judging by how we're reading the book now, that might be well, I don't know what our opinion is going to be about character development at this point, but Yeah, cuz we have a couple like right now with the book at least, we have a couple thoughts, but also we feel like we need to wait to discuss them yeah exactly. because it, it's it's incomplete we're in we're not there yet so yeah, we need we don't, to we don't see where the loop is closing 
Yeah. If at all. Close the that was your your very, one of your first mainisms. Close, close the loop. Yeah, close the thank you loop. Yep. I still believe in that. I flip everybody off. <laughs> that, like try to <laughs> say no you go. <laughs> yeah. Everything is also like super toned down. One of the things that I one of my favorite notes that I have here is it feels like a glorified goosebumps episode. It does feel that way. Yeah. Like production quality And that's my third that's, <laughs> that's the third part, part of, of the third fold is I mean, I understand it's the 90s. Some things work really, really well. You said that there was something... You like the drain scene. So, okay. Yeah. Um, Eddie is being harassed in the gym locker room by, like, steaming hot shower heads that are coming out of the walls, which was kind of goofy. Um, yeah, but... It was but... kind of like, why don't you just run through there? But anyway, Eddie gets, like, put in a corner of the bathroom here, and Pennywise is talking through the drain. And the best effect that I thought of the entire movie that I saw was the moment that Pennywise, like, his little fingers go into the drain and you can see, like, it's all, like, claymation and CG, like, layered on top of each other, it looks like. But, like, the floor of the bathroom, just tile bathroom, just kind of opens up in this, like, cartoonish way. Like, oh, it has wrinkles now. It just kind of opens up in that weird way. And then we get that practical effect when Tim Curry is coming out of what we just saw form, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool to it's like super cool to like show that. It's like I love it when did they spend their whole budget on Tim Curry and then that effect? <laughs> Dude, I, they must have because the last scene where he goes through a drain is bonkers. <laughs> oh, you know what's kind of interesting? I thought about um about Tim Curry and the new Pennywise, Bill Skarsgård was like the costume design was different and also it's slightly different in the books as well he's got the orange buttons but i don't think yeah we never see like orange buttons among like tim no. curry tim curry's in a very classic like john wayne gacy kind of outfit yeah and and that could that actually is a really great point yeah because we're close we're closer right? to the gacy murders mm-hmm. So that might be a lot more purposeful. Wait, did Gacy come before or after it? Not John Fetterman. Yeah, when it was a spree, I think. Uh, 67 to 78. 78. So, yeah. So, okay, he, yeah. so yeah, he's before. So I it's, thought so. I forgot one. <laughs> yeah. So it's very, it's very there. I also have, a, I have another fun note. That's Ben's dad died of green screen. <laughs> when we see him. Oh my God. I live it's here now. so bad. That's actually, that's the first moment we get an it like interaction is, um, yeah, I really love like the interactions with it uh, overall, but like the first interaction was super lame. It's pretending to be Ben's dad who was in the military. Yeah. Um, which, I don't think in the book we really know. And so I, I, think I don't know yet. This is yeah. a good place for me to also mention the movie does weird things with the parents. I think I missed that. It's just weird. Oh, it's mostly just. So in the book, Ben's mom like has a very well paying job and she's able to spoil him for lack of a better word. But in the movie, yeah. they're like, oh, you live with your cousin and she's on food stamps. Right. And his dad died. Where I don't think in the book they really mention his dad. No, no, it doesn't. No, and, I'm not picking up on that. Maybe they do later on, but we haven't gotten And there. I'm like, I don't. The, the cousin plot point doesn't really go anywhere. Like, it is in the book because his mom loses his job, her job mm-hmm. later. And that's one of the reasons why they leave Derry. 
movie wise the relationships that everybody has supposedly like before all this don't really matter they're kind of like wiped clean yeah in a in a weird way <laughs> i mean it seems like they are yeah um like i think the only thing that really comes back is bill's wife like she yeah, becomes she's involved one. later on but and everybody also, else's relationships were not really clear i felt so bad that they were just sort of like Eddie does, like, because in the book, Eddie has a wife. Yes, he married someone exactly like his mom, and we'll get to that in the in the new movies. But in the 1990 version, they're like, no, he still lives with his mother, and... And he's a virgin. And he's a virgin. Like, he makes a point to say he's a virgin, and I'm like... And, of course, Eddie's the one person who dies other than Stan. So it's like... Uh, he... Why did you do Eddie so fucking dirty? Why do you gotta do this? Also, something I... we gotta say, because we haven't gotten to the end and we haven't looked this up, is that we're aware that at the end of the It books, I think a lot more people oh, die than say, like, in both of the movies, it's just Eddie and Stan. Like, I'm not sure if that's just, well, I mean, obviously, we start with Stan killing himself in the book. So we know Stan's gone. Which I think is also, yeah, I the way that this movie, hand, well, the way that both movies handle it, I've got some additional questions about. Yeah. Um, specifically the 90s version. because The, the 90s the one 90s, is very, uh, okay, well let, we should probably just talk about violence in this movie is very yes, weird. Yes, this, is where, I'm go- this yeah. is where I'm going. No, because but, yeah. they, they really hide a lot of stuff, like Georgie getting his arm bitten off. We don't get that. It's just, it zooms into Tim Curry's open mouth. And he's got the crazy teeth. I yeah. like the teeth effect that they put on him. Yes. I think that's pretty all right. Yeah. You know? And, um, you know, a little girl gets murdered. They And they swap, they swap the Adrian Mellon murder with a little girl. Yeah. Lorianne. Who, again, like, so we just get, like, she's talking to Pennywise. He then mean mugs her. And then we get her mom coming back out and she sees something kind of off screen, mm-hmm. which we assume is Lorianne. And that's how a lot of the violence is, is it's all off screen. Except we get to Stan's dead body. Yeah, we stare has, at that for a while. He has completed suicide and we're just going to look at him. Yeah, just and look I was, at him. It's such an odd choice. Also, I was mentioning it to Allegra, like... Um, there have been studies about how um, suicide is portrayed in movies because this was a big thing when Thirteen Reasons Why came out, and they were like, "We're going to, oh, shit. we're yeah, going." Yeah, yeah, yeah. The depiction, graphic depictions of suicide, do not help people who are suicidal. Is what I'm going to say. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like... It often triggers people into acting on that. So I am very aware of how suicide is portrayed in these movies and how it kind of is in, in, antithetical. To, like, I'm going to ask a very awkward question, but if you, have you ever seen suicide portrayed in a good way? I mean, off, obviously. Off screen. Yeah, off screen or Don't fucking else. show it. Don't show the body. Don't show yeah, it. Yeah, just don't like... And the thing is, some people might disagree with that, but for me, I'm just like, as somebody who has been touched by suicide in a very, in in a close relationship, um, yeah, (laughs) I am very 
sensitive to how it's portrayed personally. Okay. And, and for me, it, it, I think it's because in my life it has been very real. Yeah. And that was the how it was with people when 13 Reasons Why came out. The people who were like, uh, I have a problem with this were more or less people who had had that experience. And people mm-hmm. who were professionals were like, mm-hmm. this is like, not... this is not good. This not is not... Well especially since... A lot of times they're like, yeah, we really want to portray like what it does and, you know, uh, how it affects people. And I'm like, you're doing the, it's not the right thing. I think like the portrayal then being more of the emotional and rather than the physical, because it's like, if that's what you're trying to emote or portray, Mm -hmm. the aftermath is probably the thing that is most affecting or like real about the situation rather than the way the person dies. Um, And you have to realize like, it's there for shock value. Yeah, partly. And that's you know, also it's frustrating. Like, <laughs> well, that's the thing also is like, I'm not sure sometimes like when people say, um, like I think if they're making an argument from it, they probably genuinely believe they right, they're right. You know? Yeah. If like they're arguing saying, oh, I should be able to demonstrate this. They probably think they're right. You know? It's like, I, I get it all, but then it also rounds out in like, in the cynical capitalistic fashion oh people watch this because of the dead body yeah um so and that's and again so i just wanted to like also preface like that's just something that it also stands out to me in the new movies as well and i it's something that i take issue with with movies and tv shows across the board Mm -hmm. so that's just my two cents and you are free to disagree but it is weird i think it's just it's very weird that this is like the first like that's we have, like, everything else is off screen. Yeah, no, that, no, no, I agree. I agree. I think it's very weird that we don't get, like, um, any violence. But we do see, like, a depiction of a dead body. And it. I think this is just, like, speaks to the broader weird census discussion that we have when it comes to entertainment. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's like you see a lot of, like, made-for-TV movies. Um, and it's like violence we have a problem with but then there's a lot of like sex scenes or like promiscuity that we're portraying but it's all but what's frustrating about it is that the argument is so inconsistent yeah it's like what's the main argument it feels like it's like oh we're trying to protect children and it's like from what and like to what end and it's like uh, isn't it the parent's job to be able to like monitor what the fuck their kid is doing right it's like if a kid's life is spent a kid is, you know, a kid for maybe, for, for like, maybe less than a quarter of their life. Yeah. Why the fuck are we making such a big deal about these moments? And honestly, I turned out okay. Yeah. I watched Scream and uh, Lake Placid and stuff like that in a, in, at a time that was probably much younger. But I feel like, and I watched horror movies, like, all through middle school, way mm-hmm. more, like, way way before like i technically could like go see them on my own but my parents had vhs's up the wazoo that i was just like pop it in fucking watch it so and they were cool with that and part of it was because i understood that it was fiction and if you have that conversation with your kids you can sort of allow them to see things that are like if that's totally your your jam um, you can allow them to see a little bit more as long as you're constantly having those conversations. Oh, yeah, I think it's good to have those conversations. I, I, I would love to show, if I had a, a small child like that I birthed and just steal. Yep. I mean, not birthed. My wife would have birthed it. If I had a child, 
I'm not going to get into the anatomy. You can talk to your parents about it. <laughs> but if I have a kid, a kid, like, I would love to show them, like, the movies that I really liked. Or, like, the stuff that I got to learn about that's really cool later in my life. Yeah. Like, the thing that, um, my, I grew up, I think, kind of sheltered as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, my parents monitored pretty heavily, like, what I was watching, um, what I was doing online, and, like... Uh, yeah, just the movies or video games that I would consume. Um, so, like, I wasn't allowed to, like, play any mature games. I wasn't allowed to do any of that. But once I finally was able to, like, be of that age, I just flooded my face with all the shit that I couldn't see. It's so funny. It's like, I watched like... all the gory films. I watched all the... I played the most violent fucking video games. It's like, oh, now I can play GTA. Dude, my like dad this. gave me his old computer, and he's like, "Yeah, Diablo's on there. Have a have, have a good time." And well, I was like, Diablo "I was isn't like twelve. Bad though. That's the funny <laughs> thing is like, I know. As far as like video games are concerned, like these aren't even that bad. But like, I remember. So my grandmother had because I the whole thing with Scream, the way that that happened was. I had told my grandmother I had seen it with my mother, which I had. I watched part of it on TV with her. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was different. So my cousin, my younger, my cousin who was a younger, year younger than me was also there. We watched it. Her mom got so fucking mad. But to your point, let her watch Coyote Ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Scream wasn't okay, but Coyote Ugly was. I remember Coyote Ugly. <laughs> I'm sure you do, Jackson. <laughs> So that was the thing, like, my parents were just sort of like, they, I wasn't sheltered, but like, they were very much like, let's have these conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think either way is valid. I know what I would do with my kid. (laughs) I would let them watch the thing and then we'd have the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Same, same. Uh, maybe not Cannibal Corpse, but you know. No, and I save, think save and, that and moment. <laughs> there, that's um, I think that's also another th- question that gets that can be asked is, I think in in the name of art, what what should we be able to show, and what should just what is beyond the pale? Because I can think of a couple instances where like people are like, well, I'm showing this for the sake of art. A really great example that I'm not going to get into too much detail is um. Uh, Serbian film. I've heard of Serbian film, yeah. I feel like a lot of people who are listening who are into horror might know this. It shows some really fucking the worst shit. Does that need to be on film? Does Uh, that need to, like, should, like, that's that's the thing where it's like, so if we're gonna, if we're gonna be like, okay, like, why are you censoring the violence? It's okay, let's go all the way. Yeah, I mean, like, context is everything. What's the point of the film? Is it making a statement about violence? Oh, it's not. (laughs) I don't think so. Over the top and kind of gross? Maybe a little bit, but yeah. Or, like, Cannibal Holocaust. Like, you know, it's in that... Oh, Cannibal Holocaust. I said Cannibal Corpse earlier. (laughs) Oh, Cannibal Corpse is a band, I think. It is a band, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, that's a bigger question. But all of this to say, this movie handles the violence weird. Yeah, it does. I think it's just a byproduct of the 90s being this weird time where it's like we're overly concerned about showing violence on TV. You know, it's like, yeah, like uh, figure it out. Did they? And this is Pennywise didn't actually kill the kids. No. To be (laughs) fair, this is also TV 14. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Which were I, you and I did have a discussion. I haven't. I did. Did the rating change? I tried to look it up. Okay. And that information, I think people more fo- usually focus more on the ratings for movies as opposed to TV ratings because I could not really. I just in my brief this cursory is, glance. This is tangential, um, so we can cut it. But can you like look up quickly? When oh my god. When did they start implementing the TV rating system? Because I think it was actually within our lifetimes. Yeah, when did they start? January 1st, 1997. So, okay. This is interesting. So, this would have been appearing before the TV rating system at all. Yeah, so, yeah, so that wouldn't... 97, damn, that was really recent. Yeah. That's wild. It was first proposed December 19th, 1996, and went into effect January 1st, 1997. They moved fast. Okay, so I think part of the conversation that why this moved fast or why it was implemented was because Columbine triggered a lot of the conversation around violence in video games. That's true. And television, and then that's when they implemented this rating system. Yeah, so... Obviously, like so so now we can say that definitely because we watched this on HBO Max, HBO Max and subsequent streaming sites and things like that. They probably put that. They determined that's what it was. Yeah, a board I think has to review it and then gets back to everybody. So, but it's entirely arbitrary. You know, it's like oh, oh how many times do the characters say fuck versus is there a beheading? It's super you know? super arbitrary. Um, and yeah, so the way that this movie handles it is very, very weird. Um, I think the second part, there's a little bit more. Well, because if it's in two parts, that makes sense. It's almost like they each got one graphic thing because the second part gets them ripping out Pennywise's heart. Oh, yeah. Kind of, or we don't really get to see We Don't really, get don't to really see, see that, but, but like, yeah. It's there. It's He's happening. There. He's there. It's so, it's so weird. Like, that, it stood out so much to me. But I think, and so I think in some ways the new movie overcompensates for that. The weird violence or? The weird lack of violence. Oh, for sure. Because they go go hard in the other direction. They go running, sprinting the opposite direction. It's great. I actually like it a little more. Yeah. um, Because... The book's fucking gory as hell. Book's gross, man. Oh, the other thing, I think it was really funny how it's apparently summertime, but they're all wearing coats and long pants. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like, they're not being swarmed by mosquitoes. They're not covered in an inch of sweat. It's not humid as fuck out. There's, oh, there's a really weird Our Town reference. Grover's Corners. Are you serious? Yeah. He says like he says something about like, oh, I'm going to Grover's Corners. <laughs> what kid is watching Our Town? It's the most fucking boring I hate that show. <laughs> oh, I also have something because it shows it shows up in this movie and in the book, but not in the new one. I really want to know if the Irish cop is based on someone that Stephen King knows. Oh, uh Neil? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. Jesus Christ. Because it's just such a specific, oddly specific thing to happen, to be like the one Irish cop in this 
overly Irish. Like super Irish. Like he's off the boat Irish. Yes. So I thought that was really weird. Or he's just from the South End. <laughs> is it the that's South true. that's uh, Irish? I think so. North is Italian. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we were okay, in the yeah. North End and it was very Italian. Oh, they also do drop the N-word. Holy shit! That blew my mind. Which is, Holy yep, so the N-word shit. was totally fine to say on primetime TV I, in, I, I, in I com- uh, the I 1990s. Can't, I can't believe I forgot that. They dropped... <laughs> A hard R in there, A folks. very hard R. Holy shit. I get it that it's by also the most racist character in the story. I think that's another thing that has come into question in the last few years is like, is it okay? Like, not is it okay, but like, what is it? Is it? Is it okay <sighs> to keep perpetuating the word? I mean, I in don't a, know. In a, oh, we're doing a, we're, we're trying to make it historically accurate in this thing. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. We all know, like, my whole... Actually, you know what? Do we, Hot do, take. Do two white guys, do two white folks want to engage in this discussion? No, I just have one... <laughs> I just have one thing I want to say. Hot take. Okay. So you want to say the N-word for historical accuracy, but you can't get the costumes right. I'm confused. So, Are you I'll, referencing something? No, I'm okay. I'm referencing 95% of historical dramas. Oh, okay. And then they just ran They're just drop. like, yeah, they're, they're like, oh, no, we're doing it for historical accuracy. And I'm like, yeah, but you barely did your research on your costuming. Yeah, okay. And your set. And like, they're like, oh, we're going to include this thing. And I'm like, well, that wasn't used in this time period. It, it, like, that's the thing that you're okay, hanging yeah, yourself yeah. on. No, that's is what I'm saying. No, no. You make a very interesting point. It's like, well, what is the point of saying that this is historically accurate to throw in there? But then at the same time, not have the integrity with everything else if that's your purpose for doing this, which just does seem arbitrary. Yeah. I get it. No, no I'm a, I mean, like, no, I don't like hearing the N-word in movies. But I love Django Unchained, and that's full of the N-word. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Context Again, is key. And context like, is key. And w- we should probably leave the rest of that conversation to people who are more educated yeah, <laughs> than I, I. I don't personally like hearing it. Yeah, and uh, my, I feel like this movie really sidelines Mike a lot. Oh, shit. Like, we don't get any time with Mike at all. Not, as, at a the chi- end. not as a child. Not, not as, as an adult. Because they put him in the hospital as an adult. Yeah, in the it's... last bit there. But it's so upsetting because, like, uh, Mike, I really like Mike in the new movies. I think he's very good actor like as an adult and as a child i think they did him very oh absolutely like he's very yeah no like he's very much like the loner and does like feel like the most ostracized member of the group throughout the movie like he's always kind of the outsider even as an adult he's the outsider he's the madman you know like but yeah they didn't really do him well with the 1990s it fucking sucked um like his actor was very bad. There's a moment where a uh, child actor, like they're open flipping through this picture book and it's supposed to be one of the scary moments of this movie and it's so dumb. There, there like, let, Let's put it this way. 
this movie is not scary. No, it isn't. It's not scary at all. That's why I, I, I think it is. I do think it's funny that it's TV 14 because again, it does feel like it feels like the Goosebumps TV series. <laughs> it yeah. really, really does. The camera. Co- and I get it. It's the nineties, but and this is also a mini series. There's not too much money behind it, but yeah, camera quality is not so great. Acting's poor. It's flat. Uh, Tim Curry's the best part about he all is. this. Honestly, watching this, folks, like I just wanted to watch Muppet Treasure Island the entire you time did say I was that. watching this. Like I think I've mentioned it like five times while I was watching it. I was like, man, I really want to watch Muppet Treasure Island right now. Yeah, I think also <laughs> in in the way that he gets sidelined, and the, the movie, the new movies replace it with something else. But like in the book, the story about the black spot is so well written. Yeah. And is so fascinating to me. Yeah, no, that, and that's... they just are like, scrap that bullshit. Either of the both of they the movies kind of glance over they, it, and the thing, and and that's what makes me upset is like it's so fu- and, and it seems to be like the the thing that because it's the most recent one, the most recent tragedy. So yeah. it and for Mike, his dad has memories of it so he has second hand like he's like one down whereas opposed to the easter egg hunt or the uh whole settlement going missing those are so far removed from them yeah but in the in the movies they take press they're like the more front and center thing realize i don't need to wear these so. Yeah, Jackson was wearing fake glasses. <laughs> I, I was wear wearing real blue, glasses. I was wearing blue light glasses, and I forget they're on my face a lot of times. And I, yeah, I feel so bad for Mike. <laughs> and he's super calm. So you were mentioning the thing where the pen okay, pen yeah, like yeah. comes up. They're, and they're Mike's looking just... at an old picture of the town downtown and pen, Uncle Pen Pen, as we've yeah, actually been I, calling him. Yes, I have been calling him Uncle Pen Pen. <laughs> <laughs> Just like your own, uh, sorry, that was, that was a bad joke. Yep, just, nope, 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 nope. nope, nope. nope. Just like, uh, I'll make it about me. Just like my uncle, you don't want him around the kids. <laughs> oh my god. I don't actually believe that about my uncle. Anyway. Um, yeah, so the moment is, like, Mike is, uh, well, all the boys, all the boys and gals, they're uh, flipping through a little history book, I guess, about Derry, the town of Derry, but it's all like little Polaroid snapshots. There's a picture of the downtown area, and then it just comes to life. People are moving. Blue's good, do. We can too. (laughs) And Uncle Pen Pen's up in there, and he like runs up on a pole that's in the forefront of the frame and just starts screaming at the kids. Uh, It comes into color, and then he reaches his hand through the book. Uh, and is like grabbing at the kids. And Mike, Mike is holding, holding the, the book. book so calmly. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh. Oh, that's a weird Ooh. thing. Huh. Like the bare Ooh. minimum on the faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, again about like the relationships, they literally just like Bev joins the like Bev joins the chat. Mike joins the chat. They're like, yeah, <laughs> no pushback whatsoever. We'll take anybody. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty quick. Well, I, I did sort of like um, the kind of like introduce, like bringing Mike into the fold sort of mixture. I kind of like that moment in the 1990s because it was yeah. like, oh, these are good boys. They are. They're good folks. They, they are. are. 
basically, you know, Mike is being chased around by Henry Bowers and his two misfits, and they're throwing rocks at Mike and trying to stab him. Um, and the the Losers Club bands together and starts throwing rocks at those boys and uh, drives them away. Um, the rock fight is actually, I think, one of the best, best, one, moments. best yeah. shot moments because what I really like is they do a lot of slow motion cam with the rocks hitting like yes. his face and i kind of thought it was funny yeah it's like this is fucked up and like but it's it, it it's i thought one of the better shop moments uh and then yeah it's like why'd you guys do that and it's like well we're not gonna let you get your ass kicked like what the fuck like kind of people would be if we did that it's a nice moment to show like oh these are generally good kids uh, and they care they're looking out for for the little guy you know. Right. And I also, I don't know how, I don't know how it was shot, but there's some other things that bother me, like character wise, like th- decisions that actors made, like Stan's ear thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a, st- it's, it's interesting. It's it like a OCD a, kind of it thing. It is established too late yes. for me. Cause we see Stan a couple times and he's not doing it. But then it's almost like the adult actor made the choice, and, and then, then the they were, and then they were like, "Hey, you have you have to do this in one scene." That did kind of feel like <laughs> for this to make sense. The second movie, I feel like, kind of shoehorned kid stuff to then shoot back to the kids. Right, and that's why I'm like, I don't yeah. know. I'm with you there. That that seemed like they just retconned that in the moment. Yeah, I and and I think. <sighs> I have so many there's I have so much shit like I start going absolutely bonkers in my notes here <laughs> I hate the I hate the fact that they switch the silver dollars with earrings holy shit uh yeah so I think that's really stupid I'm surprised how quickly they were at the point where we're gonna go fuck up Pennywise as kids yeah it, it just feels like they get to the moment where like oh yeah we've all seen the clown and like we're watching the book and like, now we've all seen it to then going into the sewers. I think like 20 minutes later, they're going to the sewers to go fuck up Pennywise. And again, I don't feel, it doesn't feel believable that like they all are um, close enough that they are willing to risk their lives for one another. I think kids form faster bonds than adults though. <sighs> but I, th- I feel like the movie also just silos all their experiences. 100%. Like they have an hour and a half. They, and there's, yeah. there's no overlap in the same way that there is in the new movies there is some over like i so that was weird to me i also love how everyone takes a hit off of eddie's inhaler like it's a blunt <laughs> like yeah that's gonna, let's get some that's clear airways <laughs> Woo! henry is hen hen we haven't really talked about henry no we haven't because there's not much to talk about <laughs> besides the fact that he's i i think that in this one it jumps from zero to a hundred because at least in the new movie, we get him, like, he he pulls his knife and, like, carves into Ben's stomach. Like, we oh, sh- see him commit assault. Yeah. Beyond yeah. just being a bully. Yeah. I mean, there's the rock fight, and they're, like, going after that, that Mike. That was the moment where he's like, I'll kill you all kind yeah. of thing. But, yeah, his involvement then later on in the series is very minimal, yeah. honestly. It's super minimal. Yeah. And it was pretty funny. I did also feel like when they're in there, I'm like, is this where the Sabatis well idea comes from? Because his hair turns white. Yeah. So like, um, I found that funny. Pennywise is in the form of the deadlights, I guess. And yeah. he murders 
Henry's friends right before his eyes and then just reveals himself, I guess, to Henry. And yeah, turns his hair completely white, but he has this funny, hilarious looking face as his hair's totally like whited out. He's like, Yeah, and then I mentioned how I hate the fact that they don't show like Silver, the bike, until an hour and 30 minutes in. Yeah, yeah, no real reference to and like silver. we you said it's it's almost like they were like oh shit like we have to go back and do this yeah yeah but then also let's watch these old men do bicycle tricks for five minutes right and it's it's <laughs> it's really frustrating because you it could be like i don't know why it's it's almost like it feels like two different people wrote these scripts and then they didn't look at the like they didn't look at them side by side and they just try until to like fit it. Yeah, just until it that. Why does it feel like that? <laughs> it's <laughs> there, so there stupid. There's some disjointedness to it, and I think part of it is just the fact that like they're trying desperately to get the highlights of the book within like hour and a half chunks, total three hours. So then it's like they have to make some weird decisions because they don't want to add too much detail, but add just enough detail. You know. Yeah. I think, so we've talked a lot about the children's relationships. Let's talk about, finally, the elephant in the room. What is going on with their relationships as adults? Because I definitely thought, I'm like, I know they cut, there's no child orgy. Like there was in the OG print of the book. But I'm fairly certain that they probably had one as adults. Okay. (laughs) Or they were about to. I also just want to briefly address the child orgy. Because that is a big question B and I have and why we're kind of committed to finish this book, honestly. Because we're confused why that was the original setup. We know where it appears in the book. Mm -hmm. We're just kind of confused why it had to exist at all and why that was the main decision. And we know like Stephen King has been like, no, that's not cool. Um, yeah, he is, that's why they you know? they did a reprint and things are different. Cause yeah. honestly, there's a part of me that's like, I feel like the idea should have been them cutting their hands and blood brothersing this thing all along. That Absolutely, yeah. Why That makes like way more sense. A hundred percent, yeah. That seems um, more like what a child would do. do right, and not, than fuck their friend. Yeah, so. <laughs> But, I mean, we do all know that they all want to fuck Bev as kids, and they still want to fuck her as an adult. And I think that's the other thing is, like, I think, yeah, it's cool that we've got, like, this thing, and I know that they're, they're, you know, coming into puberty and whatever, but there is just a part of me that's, like, it's sort of reinforcing the fact that, like, even if you're a girl that has friends that are guys, they still just want to fuck you. Oh, Oh, and man. that is like as someone who had a lot of guy friends who didn't want to fuck me, which was great. <laughs> um, You'll love Nymphomaniac, though. Oh yeah, I, I suggested that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, but it sucks that we just keep getting this reinforced, and I think that the it's less it's there, but it's less present in the new movies, so it didn't bother me yeah. nearly as much. No, but, I actually think they'd handle the romance kind of tastefully in the new movies. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I so, definitely like the orgy is still gonna happen. Yeah. It's gonna be right after we finish up dinner at the buffet. It really seems like, like that. So everybody like, 
that, that you know all everybody comes in they're like hey oh yeah, crazy to see you oh yeah. oh how come we don't remember anything oh yeah. um <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, bev comes in and faints in in front of everybody and she's like, oh, such handsome men, and then faints. Yeah, such then, handsome old men, which yeah. is, that's so sweet. It's kind it's of kind a of sweet. sweet. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, like, it's like, it's kind but of sweet. But it is funny when they all see Bev, they're all like, oh, uh, adjusting their ties yeah, and they're fixing their Yeah, literally, buttons. I'm like, everyone's <laughs> dick turned into an exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a book reference for you. <laughs> but... Uh, so she does like she hugs everybody. There's a kind of kissy kit, like you know, kiss like your kiss on the cheek. She walks up and just straight up starts fucking macking fucking Bill. And I was like, okay, fuck Bev's husband, but Audra she, does not deserve this. She kisses Richie, hugs everybody else, mouth fucks Bill. Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> And then, and that's the, and like, honestly, that's the end of that. Because yeah, immediately. Much. Oh, their fortune cookie's good all fucky-wucky. Yeah. And uh, they freak out at the restaurant and then they're like, no, we shouldn't do this. Okay, we'll do it. Yeah. And, but <laughs> yeah, their relationships are so weird. I think the way that they, in this movie, the way, so kind of their lives outside of each other are also fucky-wucky. I feel like the way they handle Bev's abusive I don't think they're married, but her abusive boyfriend. The guy is... probably works at Pirate Adventure Dinner Theater, by the way, because he wears the pirate pants and he's got uh, an anchor for uh, chest hair. Yes. Actually, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah. So I think the way they handle it is just trash. I, I already mentioned the fact that I feel like they did Eddie dirty by being like, you still live with your mom, and that's the only connection that you have. And Richie has four ex wives. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Richie's a big TV comedy man. Yeah, that was the lives. other thing is both of them did that. So in the book, he's a radio personality and they in the movies, they just bumped him up to celebrity. Yeah, he seems like more Conan O'Brien in the 1990s and then he's just like famous stand-up in the, sec- in the newer movies. Yeah, Bill is married to a famous actress, Audra. I feel like it's interesting because they, I feel like they made Bill more attractive in the movies because they are very clear, or Stephen King is very clear that Bill is not really attractive because people question him being married to this beautiful actress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I definitely feel like, I felt, I, I immediately was like, fuck you, because when he makes out with Bev, I was like, what about your gorgeous, about talented, your amazing, amazing fucking wife? Your What about your insanely hot wife? Yeah. Why aren't you just tapping that every day? Why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> I would not. Yeah. I would not have come back. And I do like, it's interesting that they do bring Audra back and they do. Do her dirty. <laughs> They I don't do. know if that's like that in the book, but we'll, we'll see. We'll get there. Yeah. But because the, the movie, the new movies don't even fuck with Audra. Audra comes to Maine to try and find him because there's this really weird scene with like the producer or the director of the movie they're working on and he threatens her. And oh, so she's yeah, like, Greco, Greco, Greco yeah. threatens her. And so he, she's like, I'm just going to go to Maine. I'm going to go to Bill. I need to figure out what's going on. Like I, I can't be here. Right. So she fucks off and then gets pen penned and pen penned trademark. Yeah. <laughs> and she does make it out and, and Bill and Aud like Pen-pegged. Bill 
I said that the other day. Pen pegged? Yeah, pen pegged. Oh, dear. So (laughs) she does get saved and Bill and her do... Like, she comes out, like, she because she gets deadlighted. Like, she's stuck in the deadlights. And at the very end of the movie, she is brought back to um, lucidity by Bill double riding silver with her through traffic (laughs) and that's what brings her back so i assume that they're going to have a nice lovely life together i hope so no no trauma there at all but we're just gonna completely forget the fact that he made out with bev and how that is like an indiscretion in his marriage. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. Because if it was a kiss like with Richie, whatevs. But like, it is super uncomfortable. Would people see that as an indiscretion back then in the 90s? I feel like rational people would. I think there's a lot I think of rational people. Yeah. I, f- I would. But here's the thing the, the way that they probably did it was like, the what their thought process was, was probably we all want Bill and Bev to work out. We know Bev have a, has an asshole husband, so coming back to her true love, who is Bill. Uh-huh. But that's also <laughs> not what we get. No. Because, no. so Ben writes her a poem when they're kids, and she always thought it was Bill. And it's actually Ben. Yeah. And Your so hair is winter fire. fire. January embers, my, my heart, heart burns there too. too. And so, long story short, she does end up with Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not before Pennywise takes the form of Bev <gasps> and <gasps> makes out with Ben. <laughs> yeah, Pennywise seduces Ben and they're just making out with each other. But I think it's really interesting that Ben was totally chill. Like, he didn't question... Like, I literally just saw you make out with Bill. Like, yes, I understand that you're like, oh, like, because it was talking about, like, the poem and stuff. But he immediately was like, oh, you knew it was me now? Let's fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I at least would be like, look, I understand, like, that that poem meant a lot to you. But you very clearly have something going on with Bill. And until we figure that out, like, I'm not... Pennywise is a bit of a prankster. Oh, this. he's such a little prankster. <laughs> I really like that moment also. Just like turning away and like, oh, that's Tim Curry. And he's loving it. <laughs> I knew. So Allegra was doing an online class and she could just hear me screaming, screaming, and that's Pen Pen, that's Pen Pen. Don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> what are you doing? What the fuck am I watching? <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and, that yeah so you were like oh hi and i'm like jackson wait <laughs> jackson wait <laughs> jackson wait <laughs> yeah and then funny. it's pen pennywise and he like they were kissing enough that like he's got like His pennywise's leg, yeah. makeup smeared all over oh my god they it was were hilarious 
At least he just stopped at the kiss. Yeah, right. <laughs> at least he revealed himself that quickly. When do you, yeah, when do you think, I mean, he noticed, like, <laughs> you have just kept going. <laughs> yeah, because he glances up in the mirror and he looks down and her pants are, are like. clown size. And, <laughs> and they do have a moment because she does, like, real Bev comes to the realization later that, yes, it was him. And then they do have a moment and they. And Ben freaks out a little bit, though. He's like. Yeah. What the? What the fuck's your problem? <laughs> and then Ben has a terrible hot take. Oh, what which did you say? Is uh, he's like because Beverly is explaining her relationship, and I think this moment initially starts off really nice, where she's like, "I hated my father, and I ended up with a man who was just like everything that I hated about my father." Yeah, yeah. And Ben says. She's like, how could I be so blind? And Ben is like, well, you see now, you you you're not any, you're not blind anymore, and like that's that's something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's a really good take for 1990, right? But then <laughs> oh, and they follow up. Yeah, he follows it that. up with, <laughs> but at least you fell in love. At least you felt something. <laughs> no. <laughs> I really thought that was Wrong. funny. They just followed up with the worst thing. It's just like, like cool. oh my god! Just, you just threw Duh. out that validation. <laughs> yeah, that was one thing that I was. And it's a weird take. Beverly does make a choice. She ends up with Ben, and we don't come back to like. I think that the bill. And Bev kiss didn't have to happen. I agree. Yeah. Like, that was weird. I mean, I, that whole scene was weird. And the other thing that's... The other weird thing that happens... Because we're... I keep... I, I, I have ADHD. The other thing that I keep remembering is the scene where they're all... I think they're at the library in, like, Mike... Or somewhere. They're, like, in a study of sorts. And mm-hmm. they're all, like, laying in front of the fire... And they do look like they are like post coitus. (laughs) Yeah, they're all like post orgy. This was when the orgy actually was. Yeah. And so Bev is sitting on the couch. Ben is sitting on Ben is sitting on like what do you call the back of the couch? Yeah, yeah. And he is giving her a very sensual back rub while he is discussing his trauma TM about being fat, which I will get to... I'm going to just make a general disclaimer at the end about my feelings about it. So we'll get there. But... And then he starts, like, touching her face in such a... Very weird way. Like He's, like, manhandling too, her face. Yeah, he's, like, really caressing her chin, stroking her hair. She's loving it, though. Act like you love it. <laughs> yeah, and... It's so uncomfortable. It's really that's like something you only do i feel like with your spouse and like because you were like yeah i do that to my wife yeah but... it's like but i'm also probably not probably not going to do that in front of other people, people. <laughs> it's a little intimate agree you know? yes so and everyone's just really ch- and again we've seen her make out with bill but she's doing this with ben yeah 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 it's a little confusing. and the thing is no i'm not gonna say anything about like that like Bev can do what she wants. She is a liberated woman now that she is away from her fucking asshole. But, like, 
I don't know. It's so fucking weird. It's fucky wucky, buddy. It's fucky wucky. <laughs> and uh, uh, my other, like my last note about sort of the adult situation is Pennywise's effective con- contraception. <laughs> because that's like I think it does appear in the book but like the whole thing is like because of their experience with Pennywise they are not able to have children gotcha Pennywise made them sterile <laughs> yeah so when they kill Wild. Pennywise Ben and Bev get together they elope and then two they said they're like two weeks later they were pregnant holy shit crazy two weeks holy fuck yeah they just fucked they just fucked and <laughs> um i think i i feel bad for eddie <laughs> yeah i think it's done dirty at the hero. end yeah. Uh, yeah sort of um the pennywise ultimate penultimate fight is interesting they made him way more um probably like this in the book too but yeah very spider-like eldritch creature type situation um i kind of like how the new movie does it it is goofy as fuck but uh, it's we'll get there. Kind of like it, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, just like big crap spider monster, and they rip his heart out. It's pretty anticlimactic, honestly. That and that was one of my biggest notes. Was like a lot of a he- lot of the what- killing of Henry Bowers, which happened like lightning fast. We didn't even mention it. Things like, that are anticlimactic that bother me. Henry Bowers. Yep. Killing Pen Pen. Yep. And the scene where um, Bev leaves her abusive partner all very anticlimactic yeah which should have those moments should have been hard hitting and fell flat 100 i'm with you i'm with you dude so those are just my general our i don't know if you have anything else that you would like to say about 1990 but i went to tim curry's the the only thing you should be caring about in this movie everything else doesn't do very well like but this is also you know, like reading the book, it is quite fantastical. Uncle Pen Pen does a lot of magic tricks and yes. all of this stuff. That's hard to do, I guess, right now in the nineties on like low budget production. I don't I don't know what the, actually the budget is, but I'm assuming it's not high. Yeah. Like the effects that you're doing, um Do you want to talk about the budget for this now? Let's bring it up at the end. We'll okay. talk about it. All yeah, all you do that every yeah. yeah, you always so. um, Yep. But it's like it's not it, it, it's just like they don't have the luxury of being able to show off a lot of the cool shits that supposedly Pennywise could do. Um, he's a very shapeshifty guy. I, I did like some of the practical effects, like when um, kids being chased by the werewolf. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the werewolf, honestly. I just wish the we- the werewolf happened in the book. It's so good. Yeah, it's better in the book. It's so good in the book. I liked how this was done uh, well enough. Like I yeah. think as far as adaptations are concerned, maybe people are starved for them. You know. So this might have been like something good for fans. Yeah. Uh, I can see that nostalgia is probably just carrying this at this point. Oh like, yeah. And watching I, it now, again, we feel the same we way. We don't have that nostalgia. We, we didn't really enjoy feel it. Feel the much. same way about uh, Pet Cemetery. Yeah, it's absolutely. I like the pet, new Pet Cemetery more, and people vehemently disagree with that. Insane. Which Insane. is fine. No, again, it's not. It's, <laughs> <laughs> so that being said. I very much enjoyed the new films. I did too. So as we were saying. Yep. Now that I have my hot chocolate and I've had some food. <laughs> so uh, I like these movies. I do. I um, I saw them like when they came out and 
actually rewatching them. I like them more now than I did previously. Is it because you watched the 90s version? Yeah, seeing the comparison between the 90s version, I think, was like, actually, this is a pretty good adaptation. Um, and also, like, I got over, I think, maybe some of my more cynical views of, like, the acting in the second movies. The acting's fine. I don't yeah, think it's amazing, again, but it's fine. Compared to... The 90s, which was just awful. Yeah, I think the acting all around is better. I think I enjoyed the first one more. A hundred percent. Something that I do like, I, I, I like, is that the first one is just the whole thing. The whole thing is dedicated to them as kids. Yeah. And I like that better. Whereas in the 90s version, it's more akin to the book where it's like flashback. Lots of flashing forward and flashing back, flashing flashing forward and flashing back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that in this instance, this actually really, really works. And I think it allows them to give the time to their relationships that makes it believable for me that like these... People care about each other. The yeah. they are yeah. This works better for me. What I also liked, and I think that this is probably this is just a larger probably argument on like why I think this part's better. Um, the first book I think is, or the first movie I think is better because we get a full character development. Yes. Whereas in the second, it's regression. Yeah. It's like it is, and it's focused on regression of the characters. In fact, like mm-hmm. the regressing of their memories. Their development that let them overcome their issues previously, they're still holding on to their trauma. Absolutely. Which makes it somewhat unsatisfying when you're starting off because you're like, I did make, I made a joke that Pennywise's greatest enemy is therapy. (laughs) (laughs) You just need to have good, solid therapy sessions, need to talk out your feelings, get over that trauma. And uh, you will yeah. be immune to killer clowns. Something I liked a little bit better is they aged up the characters. They did. I really like that. Um, so in the first, we're freshmen in high school. Is mm-hmm. that it? Like, I think that I. They mentioned something about middle school. They mentioned something about middle but school, but it seems more like that because they literally come out of Dairy High School. Yeah, they do. They come out of Dairy High School. The kids, some of the kids do seem younger than they should be freshmen. Like Ben, I think, is a bit young to be considered freshman coming out of high school. I think so, because I I had just turned 14 when I was a freshman. Okay. Because I was on the younger end. Right. So, you know. I was on the older end. Yeah. Yeah, I was 20. Oh, you were super, super, super freshman. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that, especially since as somebody who did, how do I want to put this? As someone who, you know what? Let's just do it. As someone who started puberty super early, uh-huh. it's just very uncomfortable yeah. being like, these kids are 11 and talking about their wet dreams and their stuff like specifically the sexual stuff like because i feel like bev having her period whatever i don't give a fuck like because again i started really super young tmi but like yeah the stuff about like the sex 
is really uncomfortable when you're like, they're 11. Um, I think it's kind of normal, though. It As an adult reading it, I feel weird. It is weird, but like... I know it's super remembering normal. How and it, it should be normalized. Kid, yeah, so it is normal. Um, you know, yeah. But I, f- I, I think it works better with them being a little bit older. It's got Rocking Horse Winter vibes all over it. Uh, I don't know what that means. Short story, it's about a kid masturbating, basically. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. But no, and again, like, I, I think that you should be open. We should be more open about sex and sexual experiences and, like, it not be, like, a bad thing. Yeah. But there's just something really uncomfortable about it for me. But I like them being a little bit older. I think that these kids, the actors, their chemistry is fucking stellar. Absolutely. They're funny. Like, their dialogue with each other was funny. Like, them just clowning on each other, telling about, like, telling each other, I fucked your mother. I love that. It's so funny. And it does come back, and it's (laughs) very sweet. Uh, I I think that the adults are also fine. The adults are fine. Um, They tried to net, like, sort of big names. And, like, the fact that they can, like, work with each other relatively well. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, because who else do we have? Like, well, because one of the kids is from Stranger Things, right? Yeah, Finn Wolfhard is Richie Tozer as and I young, think it, as it, young Richie. Uh, he does a really good job, yeah. And this is like post- Wait, is it? What? I think we also forgot to mention Seth Green is in. The yes! Oh my god, he's we Richie, totally right? forgot about that. Yeah, Seth Green plays <laughs> uh, the young Richie in the 90s version. And it's really funny because I remember seeing the name Seth Green like scroll at the beginning. And I'm like- Wait, is fucking Seth Green, Green in this? this? And then like Tozer, yeah, he has he's wearing the glasses the entire time, but there's a moment where he like takes it, the glasses off and looks at the screen. I'm like, that's fucking Seth Green. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the names that they pulled for this one are Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, and Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Mustafa, who plays Mike, hasn't seemed to have done a lot outside of TV and outside of this. Jay Ryan. I've never heard of Jay Ryan, but when I first saw him, I was like, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. He's got a very uh, Doctor Strange vibe to him with his mustache and goatee. He has not been in a lot of movies. Let's see. Uh, And yeah, he hasn't done a lot. No. So. And And then we also have. James Ranstone, who was just in the black phone, but that's Eddie. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was in the, he was, oh my God, he's deputy so-and-so from the Sinister movies. Okay. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, Sinister. That's uh, deputy so-and-so. I do think that there are parts of this movie that give me Sinister vibes. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Like, Sinister's iconic. Great movie. Um, but yeah, the sort of slow like creeping moments and then sudden like subtle jump scare like nothing really coming at you i mean but like with, oh with, shit something there the, specifically also with the uh the the scare the whole sequence and the scare around the um projector oh that was dumb as fuck that's sin- that is that's <laughs> that basically sinister's yeah, yeah, premise sinister. yeah 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 um and then uh Stanley has not been in... He was in Transformers the last night, but that's... And Malignant. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that people would know. Oh, he... Kidding! Also, he was in the Divergent series! 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> I knew a kid that was obsessed with Divergent. Like I didn't get it, but the first know. one's fine. The movies, the movies were fine, and then they were just sort of like, "Oh, we're just not. We're gonna make the the last book into a made-for-TV movie." Oh, seriously? Oh, it was bad. Oh man, rough times. They folks. they they screwed them. They they screwed the pooch on that one. So well, they knew y'all would come see it. <laughs> so I think they I, it's interesting. They kind of got an interesting mix. In the adult actors. They did. And like the kid actors were exceptional. Even Georgie, for like the little bit of amount of time he's on screen. Compared to the other yes. So and I liked I liked let's talk about some relationships. I liked the portrayal of Georgie and Bill's relationship. I I enjoyed that also. I really liked that kind of like chemistry was so good. They're so cute with each other. And they do look like brothers. They do, yeah. Good casting in that part and Mm. like decent actors. Um, they did really well. Like you can tell Bill does care about his brother and George is very much like in love with his older brother, you know? Yeah. And it's definitely, it, it, cause the, the nineties version their their scenes together are so stilted. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that their relationship is super believable and I definitely, I, I can, I even see it play through bill's actor as he's going through everything else yeah just the devastation of losing his brother right and the survivor's guilt that he has is so wonderfully portrayed i do find it interesting that both of the movies start off in the same way when they're like they start almost immediately with like georgie and his death i think it makes the foundation of like all of this which make yeah i think it it makes makes sense. sense yeah like um I also think that scene kind of gets you hyped because people are probably coming in here having seen the 1990s version, mm-hmm. looking forward to a new adaptation, and they come away with like what is very obviously a hyper-violent version of it yes. that they're not used to. You know, Georgie, first off, getting his arm ripped off, bleeding out in the streets. We, we see teeth in flesh. It's It's rough. And then getting dragged into the sewers. Super fucked up. It's so fucked up. <laughs> you get a little bit more of the parents, like Bill's parents in this. It's still not, like, there's still some... Just, uh, it's it's different from mm-hmm. the book, I think is what it is. But, you know, his parents very much just wanting to, like, turn it off, like a light, switch, just go click. Um, they're like, nope, this... They're dealing, they are uh, pushing it down. Yeah, yeah. And it is very much affecting their relationship with Bill and also affecting how Bill views the situation. Yeah, like, I'm at fault in this and, situation. And like, I think it's that... It's all about me. They're, they're, like, Georgia was the only thing that produced joy in their life, which is this theme that comes up in the book, yeah. Yeah. And I think... So, Bev's relationship with her dad is also different (laughs) oh oh jesus they they very much were super 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 clear that we know like he's abusive all the time but in this one he is sexually abusing her yeah in the other movie her mother in the 90s movie her mother is not present but in this we learn that she died yeah giving birth question mark no it seemed to be implied that she committed suicide 
Oh, you're right. Yep, you're she right. She was dealing with some mental health issues, and it seemed like she took her life. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, so he very, very clearly is sexually abusing Bev. And it does, like, it, you see, like, you, it, it gives a lot of, it informs her character. It does, a yeah. A lot. I think one of the things that I like is the set, that these kids took the setup and they did what actors are supposed to do and they used that story to inform their acting. Yeah, they did. They did a great job in that. Like, I think everybody came in there knowing what they were dealing with. And, it was, yeah, it was really good. Uh, Eddie's mom, like, Eddie's relationship with his mom is also really interesting in this one, too. Because he does push back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, he hits a breaking point. Yeah. I like this portrayal of Eddie a lot. Yeah, yeah. It is, he's more likable. Absolutely. Personally. He's less likable later on, which well, is very yeah. funny to me. Yes. <laughs> but I think, and I think, not even like, oh, I would like to know, like, he, he, like, as a character, I'm like, I like the way that, I want, tell me more. Whereas with the other one, Eddie was just there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just the kid, you know. He's Eddie. He's Eddie. Placeholder for Eddie. <laughs> I still think that I wish that Mike got some more stuff. I got, I was a little confused on Mike's backstory, which you helped me sort of figure out. Yeah. I didn't realize his parents had died, <laughs> um, which yeah, is they, pretty they, big. They, yeah, they mentioned that. Well, it's not super clear in the beginning because Mike also has one of the earlier encounters with uh, an it hallucination. Nation. Where I think, yeah, he was... Actually, I think he might be the first one in the new movies that has like yeah. a hallucination. Aside from Georgie, yes, uh, which that's not much of a hallucination, I guess. Um, anyway, yeah, he, he experiences an illusion. Trademarks. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Gets an illusion up in him, uh, and up in him, uh, <laughs> he looks at a door on the side of a building, and it's like hands being burnt alive, screaming, trying to like scream for help to open mm-hmm. the door. Uh, we don't find out into that moment, but he's reliving a past trauma of when his family died in a fire and they were trying to open a store, trying to get out of the fire, but he was yeah. away from the fire. And I think this, the fe- like him being an orphan and him also being on the outskirts because he's homeschooled and also the racism in town, this makes, like, it makes sense that he is sort of he's apart from everyone for he, a little while he feels like yeah an incredibly lonely character until he gets with the group but even then he still feels lonely yeah like because of the fact that he's the lighthouse for everybody you know he's the only one that's sticking around dairy and like helping them remember and what's happened i do think that there is something about that that inherent loneliness of feeling displaced being the lone again he also has this survivor that he's this lone survivor and that's sort of how it is he's the lone person left in dairy like that as a through line for his character is really wonderful yeah and i think does a lot more for me yeah i agree than sort of just him hanging around and i think i like i kind of this portrayal of him is very different because like he's super chill in the 90s movie 
And yes, he's a Mary. little unhinged In, as an adult. <laughs> and by a little, I mean a lot. <laughs> insanely unhinged. He's stealing uh, indigenous people's artifacts. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, our biggest problem with the movie, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't... What I liked uh, overall, the young kind of kids portrayal, um, I liked that they these movies in particular spent a lot of time on each of the individual actors real perspective and interactions with it and like their development around that like we had good moments where each of the kids were pretty much by themselves i think eddie less so eddie did have some moments i think that were like put into the second movie and i think the the them being by themselves works better whereas in the 90s movie, they're by themselves, but we're missing those moments of them being together. Mm-hmm. So, we, like, in the 90s movie, it's just sort of like, oh, we're just going to have a montage of each individual kid's experience with Pennywise, and then we're going to have, like, two or three, like, just a little bit of, like, oh, we're just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't feel as real. And I, I also, one thing I also really liked was the inclusion of... Bev signing, being the one person to sign Bev's, uh, Bev being the one person to sign Ben's yearbook. That was cute. Because in the book, it's just like, wow, she's pretty. I see her from afar. Yeah. Like in this, this is the inciting incident where he is like, he has this connection. This His first connection here is to Bev. Yes. Yeah. And I like that a lot. Yeah, it's sweet. It's very sweet. I liked how they handled Ben and Bev kind of like romance scenario throughout this movie. Um, I actually liked, as far as any romance that did come up, I think they did quite well with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that because it's in, kind of integral to the second movie. Yes. Um, and I think, yeah, I think overall, those are just some of my hi- the hi- my highlights for like the kid relationships. Yeah. Those are my highlights. Yeah. I still, I get Bev and Bill being attracted to one another because like he's the the handsome one mm-hmm. and she's the girl mm-hmm. so of course oh also richie and stan they're like Aww. bros yeah like, they are because he are. goes to stan's bat mitzvah and it's like you can tell like they they're bros and yeah, i really like i very much appreciate that very much so yeah and yeah, so those are those are my kind of highlights. I think they all work together as an ensemble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way better. <laughs> <laughs> they do very well. Um, Henry Bowers, I think, is pretty well portrayed also. I in think this. Henry Bowers is way better. Yeah, the bullies overall. Oh, my God. So much more stakes, it feels like, with Henry. Henry feels like a very real threat throughout the movie. Like, in the mm-hmm. way that he kind of stalks Ben pretty effectively... That comes off really well. Yes. Um, and just like his, he is unhinged. Holy shit. He's a, And the thing that I like is, I'm not like, it kind of humanizes him in a way because you also realize that part of the reason why he is abusing others is because he is abused. Yeah. And the, it's very clear. And I think that making his dad a cop works for me. I a think lot. so too, because it, um, Henry sort of feels like more so that he has nowhere to turn to with these issues. Mm -hmm. It's like, my dad's well known in the police force. No one gives a fuck what I think, you know? And also, and it makes sense because, like, and his, you know, his acting out makes sense and the way that people react to him 
being like you know acting out makes a lot more sense the the insane moment where um we're jumping around a lot i get it but like the insane moment where he's given the knife by Pennywise and then stabs his father in the neck is one of the most so... intense moments of the movie. Holy shit. And it makes sense to me. Yeah. This makes so much more sense to me that he's, that's the first person he's going to go after. Yes. That is the first person. Get rid of that fucker and then take care of everyone else. Kill them all. <laughs> kill, literally kill them all. Which is also funny. Like uh, the interactions and the influence of Pennywise to... Uh, Henry in the movies here, the new movies, is way more like interesting and believable. Absolutely. Whereas, because... like in the last, uh, in the nineteen nineties, when the uh, Henry is in the um, uh, insane asylum, he Pennywise talks to him through the, the moon. moon. <laughs> you said that I said uh, we don't get Moonbeam Pennywise, and you were like, I'm disappointed we don't get Moonbeam Pennywise. I'm a little upset, honestly. No Moonbeam Pennywise. But I did think it was really fucking funny that they put him on the. Yeah. I Henry works so much better for me and I like that and also cuz in the 90s movie we the like when he tries to antagonize Ben, like he doesn't get very far before Ben like gets away. Yeah, yeah. In this one like he does some real damage to Ben. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where he Ben, we see Ben as an adult still has the a scar mm-hmm. in the sh- for, H. for H. Yeah. Which is a nice continuity thing. Mm-hmm. And that, and again, like, that's like a trauma, like, we talk about trauma a lot and sort of how, as children, it's fear. It's still fear as an adult, but the fear is linked to that trauma. Right. Yeah. And that's like now part of Ben's body, mm-hmm. that trauma. Just like there are other, like, it's, it's really good. It's really, really good. Um... Some of the scares in terms of um, effects, we talked about this. There's some that don't really work for me. The projector it, scene didn't work for you. Not totally. Some of it, yes. Part of it, like when he comes out and he's big, that's weird. I think it has to do with the, um, we talked about maybe the angle, maybe the, you know, that might have something to do with it. But there are some things that just work so well. Like when he comes out, like he's all like crumpled up in the fridge. And, and he then comes he comes out, of out it. he twists himself <laughs> out of it. That was actually, because that's the the full moment where we like see him full bodied. Um, and that was such mm-hmm. a great introduction to yes. him. Because also like what was neat about it, Bill Skarsgård does a fucking amazing job. Oh, we haven't even mentioned him yet. Yeah, let's just have a whole moment about how much I love him. Bill Skarsgård is so good in this. He makes a great monster. The way that he portrays Pennywise is unique. It's very like, it's uncomfortable. Then that's the thing that he does really well is uncomfortable. Like... He's talking, he's having coherent thoughts, he's making fun of people, he's clowning on people's asses. But also, like, you get this very real sense seeing Bill Skarsgård portrayal that this is a creature. Yes. Like, this is some hungry animal. And, like, one of the big things is that, like, Pennywise drools a lot. I love the Vacant drool. stares and drools, like, in awkward moments. There's, that seems yeah, to be like there's a, also the moment with Vicky where, like, he pauses because he's just like so like you can yeah, see yeah. he's hungry. He's like, I'm gonna eat this girl, <laughs> and it's that it's tense. It's super tense. It like pauses, 
and the pause just goes, goes, and then she, yeah, <laughs> and it's like eat your face. It's so good. I I love that because again, I think you made a really good point about Tim Curry being Gacy esque. Yeah, that and seems to be his like mannerisms wise. That seems yes, to be he's what he's got, doing. Yes, he's got the teeth, but he is more human, which is why I think there's like a really interesting disconnect with um when we like seeing pennywise the clown and then when he's the spider thing Mm -hmm. there isn't a connection that these are the same two this is the same entity yeah and i like that we get to see we also get to see pennywise shapeshift way more we do yeah we do and it's i like that what sometimes what will happen is we'll see him take the form of something but then, like, like for example, like when he's the painted lady and he latches onto Stan's fucking face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then the other kids show up. He lets go and disappears. But then he like sort of taunts them by showing up as Pennywise. So yeah. we're like, this is the same entity. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to okay, we get. It's not just like weird illusions or like things slightly connected to Pennywise. It's like it is. This is Pennywise. Pennywise. Yeah. He is actively doing this. It's not. Uh, it's not the same as like the fortune cookies where that's a hallucination. Yeah, yeah. This is actually him. Mm-hmm. And he's very present and he's actively preying on these kids. I like I like the way that's all set up too because it's like the pr- whole premise of Pennywise is that he fear is like a marinade to him. Basically, yes. that's the whole premise I of him. I can smell the stink of your fear. Exactly. Like he's all very much into making people fearful and then he'll consume them because that's when they taste the best. Yes. Um, but it's also like illusions are key to him as this entity. And we're not sure if this is true for the books, but like, like he reacts negatively towards insults to himself. Like we see that, yes. and we actually we can perceive that in um, the kids, like the first movie, when because they're like yelling at him and yeah. like fucking him up, like with bats and shit and like spikes, and like they're just beating his ass, and like he kind of does sort of diminish in size in that moment. It almost feels like they did nearly kill him, and and I like that. Yeah. It makes that makes more sense to me, yeah, than in the way that it is in the '90s movie. Where it's like they just hit him with an earring with a slingshot. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you hate silver. <laughs> yeah, and I I think that Pennywise, like, I, I think it's interesting. I, I mentioned the change to you about, like, Bev being the one stuck in the deadlights. I think at first I was like, I don't know if I like this, but overall I liked what they did with it because she actually saw... She gets to see the future. future. And, like, that becomes a, um, a kind of key, like thing for her yeah and then the reason and the thing with stan because i was like okay what are they gonna do with stan because he obviously complete suicide instead of going right and then seeing the fact that he actually almost did get eaten by pennywise very like he almost okay like snuffed it yeah yeah so that made i'm like okay i get it you were like yeah the trauma (laughs) you know uh is there and not you know having literally stared death in the face Mm -hmm. i think a little bit closer than everyone else so instead of it being oh stan saw what was in the deadlights and that made him not want to go back so instead of it being eldritch like he faced the eldritch horror more closely this was he faced death yeah 
like he almost died yeah i i liked how they did it and i was with you there because it's like it's been a minute since i saw this but you did make that good point it was like the deadlights were the thing that grounded uh stan to committing suicide um versus like this yeah no i was with you there like you you classic b jump into conclusions before we even <laughs> got there uh just kidding but like no um, the thing, i mean and and but yeah, That's no, I was cool with you there. I was is... with you there. I was like, you're right. Yeah, like, what well, Bev gets to see this. Like, what's the significance here? And then literally a minute later, we get to see that scene of, like, face and, to face. And I th- literally face to face. Holy shit. Face on place. face, yeah. So, and I think for me... Head in face. Also, yes. <laughs> coming from the 90s movie where the changes were made and they didn't... For no discernible reason. And seeing... No, they knew they were making this change and they tied it up. They did, yeah. They found another way to make it work and I appreciate that. (laughs) I also, I like their altercation as kids better with Pennywise in this movie too. The stakes are higher. Mm -hmm. I think the the set is fucking amazing. It's so good. The set is very good. So good. I love it. It's so good. And it's so cool. I think, yeah, the whole the action sequence is so much cooler. It's it's bigger rough. payoff to the movie overall. Absolutely. And like again, that's what makes the first movie just feel like its own self-contained story because it's like development has occurred. We've gotten to the conflict, but then yeah, we're left with like, oh, it might come back kind of thing. Yeah, and I. Like I said, I feel like the whole Blood Brothers cutting of hands, it's such a good visual. Oh, yeah. And also, I feel like this should have just been the first idea. I Yeah, completely <laughs> agree. I don't know why child orgy is your first thought, but we're going to... We're going to get to that. We're not like, going to poke that too hard, I think, once we get to the, the book discussion in a yeah. couple weeks here. Um, but it, you know, you, we do have to like think about it and be like, why was this the first choice? I think that because this just this works really well and this unifying moment. The of the like, visual of the hand cutting though fucking skeeved me out. That that the glass they use got a little knocked in it, and it is it gets in deep. It gets in those bunions. That is muscle. Yeah, you don't because you don't. They don't really. Sh- <sighs> they don't show it in the fir- at the end of the first one. You just you see it, but you don't get the visual. You get it in the when, second one. Oh god. <laughs> I guess. I here's my thing. I kind of see because we see that right before Stan slits his wrists. Yeah. Yeah. So we get this cutting. The promise is the cut, and so he has reopened his wounds in order to end his own life on his terms. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. And I will say that I think that Stan's death. It's it's handled a lot better. it's handled a lot better. It's the emotional, still not great. it's emo. Yeah. They they play more with the fact that this is very emotional. Yeah, yeah. My one thing is the tack at the end of the letter. Oh, fucked it all up. It really did. Because instead of it being, he was so close to death that for that time as children, he instead of facing it and dying at its hands, he wants to take it into his own hands, or you know, however you want to see that. No, he's just sort of like, if I didn't come, you would all die. So I just took myself off the... Fuck you! Yeah, fuck you. And that, that, that's one... For me, that's the thing. Is like, even though I think it's handled better, 
it's another one of those things where it's like, so you're portraying in a item of popular media that death can be an op- your suicide could be an option to make things better for other people. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Holy shit. Hollywood, bad take. <laughs> so that's all it so 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 before we dive too deep into this, I wanna just know your thoughts. Like we yep. talked a little bit about the setup of like the adults in the mm-hmm. second movie. I love the setup of the adults in this in this uh yes, new in version. This, in this new version. You know, like I love where everybody's at. Everybody yes. is like everyone's super successful. Yeah, and that's the like, like it's that's, so weird. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why they make uh they they make Richie like a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Because I well, think at this it, time too because with 2017, you know, stand-up is still it's, pretty it's strong. It's pretty strong. And or like the bigger venues at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and whereas the I, because the idea is because they escape Pennywise they are they are stupid successful. Mm-hmm. They're stupidly successful. Yeah. But there's something There are little wrong. weird things there so in for, their personal life. For example, they can't none of them can have kids. Mm-hmm. Um Bev is with an abusive man. Yeah. Uh, married to this abusive man married, in this Yes, version. married in this one. Um and uh another like Bill can't write a good end. <laughs> I hated Bill the is ending. Such a stand-in for Stephen King because I listen. So one of the podcasts I listen to, Horror Virgin, every time they discuss a Stephen King adaptation, they're always their their biggest thing is like, "What the fuck with the endings? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck endings? You know." So I think that's really funny, and they really like poke it, and I think it's really funny. It's a common commentary. Yeah, so I, I think it's funny that we're like, "Oh, they know. <laughs> we get it." We get it. Yeah. So I do like, I like, and I like the way that as he's calling them, Mm -hmm. seeing each of their reactions to it as they're about to go through the rest of their day. Mm -hmm. And something that I like about Bev's is I like that we only figure out that she's a fashion designer like later. Yes. So it focuses on this interaction. On the relationship. And I like that. I It, it really, uh, it has, and it was a very much had you in the first half moment, you know? Yeah, I was like, oh, nope. <laughs> like, so she says to her spouse that, hey, I got to go on this trip. And he's very, he seems very open to it. And yeah, like, he's like, oh, absolutely. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And and she gets up. Grips yeah. her arm. <sighs> Oh, red flag. You have that moment and you're like, oh shit, no. <laughs> and he's like, why are you lying to me? And I'm like, she's not lying. No. We know she's not lying. No. I would have lied and just been like, I just got a call from a friend and someone has passed away and we pro- you know, we had this promise as kids and like, I really want to go because I think that that would have been a perfect lie, but I also understand in this moment she's very jumbled. Yeah, yeah. So I can forgive that. Yeah. It but was, yeah, uh, I, I think this this scene, this scene we get a really good feel of how much of an asshole this guy is. And this scene was what the, this is how it should have been in the '90s movie. Yeah, I agree. This is how it should have been. 
Yeah. It is the powerful moment that you wanted it to be. Yes, there's a lot of like she gets up, leaves, leaves her ring on the stoop, walks away from the whole situation and probably never to return. I also like how it zooms in on the storm drain. Yeah, I like that too. That was a nice little tie-in. There's some interesting... There's another one where we, when we go to Stan, like we pan... This movie's like, very wet in general. Yeah. It's a very wet film. So we start with Ben getting the phone call and like he has this house that's mo- like mostly windows. He walks to the window. We zoom out. It's nighttime. It goes up to the sky and then the stars and the sky actually become the bottom of a puzzle that Stanley is doing. Yeah, I like that. The, the, that long, that shot was really fucking cool. There was a lot of cool stuff and I really appreciated it, especially since these moments are actually really well interwoven with each other. Yeah. So it is it like remind like visually it reminds us these characters while apart and not remembering still connected. They're still connected. It's a nice That's really yeah, nice. That is really nice. That's cool that you're thinking about that. Um no I see that though. Yeah. It's like every moment, moment to moment, we're still connected with each member. You know? Yep. That's a very nice way to put it. Um overall, yeah, I think it was pretty cool to like show the development of everybody. Um, I think Ben probably has it best. Yeah. Potentially. I don't know. He seems lonely. I think that's what it is. I think Ben is very lonely. And um, that's why he ends up with Bev at the end. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We don't... We don't get... There's not as much Audra. None at all, really. Yeah. So we just see her. We assume that he's going to go back to her. Yeah, I pretty much. We don't, because we also don't see it in like, the epilogue. Do we, do we see any Audra at all? I she, forgot. Yeah, because they're filming his movie. She's there. They're oh, talking. she's there. Okay. Yeah. But they, he, she's not even in the epilogue. Really, yeah, no, she isn't. Which is kind of, they could have, yeah, they could have, like, that could have easily been fixed by her be, coming in and, like, handing him the mail. It's a lot of things that, you know, like, <laughs> Probably. Because he's like, oh, I just went and got the mail. Why not just have Audra come in and give, be like, oh, yeah, here's the mail. Mike calls and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just... Just so we have that, like, closure. But that's a real big nitpick. <laughs> um, but I think they're... The, I, like I said before, I like Mike being unhinged. Like, Mike you can very so clearly crazy. tell that being the lighthouse has taken a toll on him. So him being the lighthouse and being him being crazy, let's get to this, our biggest problem with this movie. So after the Chinese restaurant hallucination. Which every, is also more unhinged. More unhinged. Oh my God. Everything about this is amped up. Every like it moment, hallucination, violence, amped up way harder, which I love. Uh, I love that it's just and like I love, taken to the extreme. Like and that. I love that. There, we get a little bit of it in the 90s movie where, like, people react to them. Yeah. Like, for example, in the library, like, when Richie's, like... Richie appears to be coked out, I yeah. think, to everybody yeah. around him. Yeah, but he has this clown that's just berating him with, like, a noisemaker and yeah. is making dumb jokes. But it works better in this one because, like, they, they all have these moments where, like, with, like, uh, Richie fucking going off on the kid in the Chinese restaurant... And them attacking the fortune cookies with a chair. Yeah, that was funny. And um, 
Bill, like, every time Bill does something, like, he keeps running into this kid, the kid from the the Chinese restaurant, and him just being unhinged and being like, don't listen to this voice in the drain, you can't do it. And, like, it looked like, for all intents and purposes, like, every, they seem, and I, I like that there are repercussions. <laughs> and that's cool. So the biggest thing about Mike being unhinged is, so Jackson mentioned it briefly, that he stole an artifact from an indigenous tribe but so this shows up he's talking about this whole indigenous ritual and we're like the ritual of chud we're like which is a thing in the book i believe i think so yeah but tying it to so our you want to go ahead i am struggling to put my words together so anyway he steals this like artifact so there's this whole flashback of when mike goes to visit this indigenous tribe that's got the low down on it and this uh catastrophe you could say um he's like <laughs> saying hey how the fuck do i deal with this he's like spent his life's work trying to figure out how to kill it and contain it this tribe supposedly has the secret ritual that will contain it um to be in some box or something he steals that box that's meant to like seal away it um and when he starts describing the ritual he's giving james mcavoy a spiked drink and then he goes on some hallucination to see this ritual he drugs him he drugs him cool uh also so the tribe in question you know we were like confused for a moment because they were like ah this is a tribe of the shaka piwa we're like what they don't don't exist i don't think that's a thing yeah we looked it up it's like that is not a tribe (laughs) and it's not the thing is it's not in the book it's not in the book so this is purely made up for this movie which is totally unnecessary it's super unnecessary and the fact that it does like i like the parts where like like when they go like we forget about it for a hot second, like when they're walking around Derry and they each have their re-encounter with it and then sort of when they have their encounters when they're in the cave. Yeah. But every, everything that's wrapped around this plot point... The Shukapiwa. It takes you out of it. It really does. And also, I'm like, it is the year of our Lord, 2019, when this comes out. And I, it's very disappointing to see, like, this is still what we're doing with indigenous representation in Just Hollywood. Making shit up, retconning stuff. It's like, did this even need to be really part of the movie? No, I get it that it's sort it of a component to the book, but, like, it could have been way more tasteful. I, seriously. Yeah, I, I don't know what the... I don't know how they get to this ritual of Chud, but I do know I was looking around and like, so th- this tribe is not in the book. No, it's not. This is totally... That's not what it's linked to. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, did it have to be? Like, we know that Pennywise is really an eldritch horror. Yes. It could be anything. It literally could... You could have made something up about like some ancient ritual and it would have been fine. Yeah, an like, ancient ritual from across the world. Like, you yeah, could have like, even... Supposedly you could have even... Is, is like a... Co- like, came from outer space is like what we understand. Yeah. Like... Yeah, he's a cosmic have, outer god. It could have even been like, you, you've seen it in movies before where it's like, all through the, you know, you see it in all these different civilizations, you know. Yeah, yeah. You've seen, like, 
that could have even been better than whatever the fuck this is. Yeah, this whole like underlying like Shakapiwa story is so it really does take you out of it. I laughed every fucking time they brought it up. I was just like, why are we doing you this? You unironically, this like you ju- it just, it made you laughing. laugh. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and to be f- like, to be fair, something I thought was interesting and it took me a minute to come around to it is they use humor to cut the tension. They do, which I really liked. And that's I a very think at adult first, thing. I it was think. like, what? But I was like, you know, yeah, I get it. I'm with that. No, it's like... Especially with Richie, that's his coping mechanism. Absolutely. And I kind of think it makes sense to like try to laugh through this. You have to face this situation. So what are you going to do? You're going to adopt like really dark humor. That's what soldiers do. Mm-hmm. Soldiers have fucked up sense of humor because yes. they have to deal with that shit. They yep. can't only laugh sometimes. And yeah, so I think that the, the Shakapiwa bit was like... Mm-hmm. Everything the everything else worked for me in this movie. Yeah. I I agree. It did what it said for me, it did what it was supposed to do. It did what I it was supposed to do. I like the first one better. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, collectively this is still better than the OG. I really liked also again, back to this idea of like spending a lot of time with the individual traumas. Yep. So the biggest um like during the film, a big Basically, the major plot point is, like, they do some of the flashbacks more about, like, their development as kids. We see a little bit more about Eddie's trauma. We actually get a flashback a little bit about, like, um, trauma that had they had faced after facing it. Yes. Which I thought was interesting. It was like this, like, oh, yeah, it's still alive. They are starting to recognize that as they're remembering these scenes. They're like, he never went away. What the fuck? Yep. Um, it's like, we didn't win at the end of the all of it. Which I think is interesting because it's kind of like, they run away knowing that they were unsuccessful in what they tried to do. And that makes more sense why they're so reluctant to, to go, go fight him. Because yep. they're like, we couldn't do it the first time. We knew we couldn't do it the first time. It's like, I don't know how he did it. But like... They spend a lot more time in that. They go through their lives trying to pick up their tokens and then finding a sacrifice for the ritual of Chud. So this, like, Shakapiwa, like, through line is somewhat important to this story to, like, create development. But ultimately, the ritual is not successful. Um, I think the ritual could have been fine without that. Yeah. Because I like this idea of them having to collect tokens that represent their trauma. No, and I'm with you. Like, it could have just been something that had appeared through the ages referenced in, like, history. Yeah, Mike didn't need to steal a sacred artifact of a poor tribe that has been pushed to the outskirts of society. Yeah. Fuck you, Mike! (laughs) Yeah, they got really fucked over on that reservation deal. Oh, my Jesus. So Mike, leave these people alone. For real. So I think that that works. I and I think that also the scares work. Oh, 100%. It all works really really well. I think yeah. and and I think everything is so per- In this movie everything's super purposeful. Most of it. Yeah, most of it. I yeah. Think most of most of the scares are super purposeful. I didn't feel like um I felt like this watching the 90s movie where it was just kind of like what the fuck is the point of this? Yeah. Um I didn't feel like most moments were that wasted. Like, I felt like I was watching something that was meaningful. I agree with you. There was a moment, though, in the thir- in that last second, uh, the, the yeah. second new movie, where I was just kind of like, this is going a little long. The, I think that this could have been shorter. It could have been shorter, um, but I still liked that they did spend the time with that. And 
People love this book. Like, you know, fans want to see more of it. I, I don't, I think that they did some, they did incorporate flashbacks, which I think I wasn't as like super jazzed about. Kind of, yeah, the flashbacks felt a little bit like padding in some ways. I like that they, I like the flashbacks that are more specific to like, no, they were like still getting harassed by Pennywise after the fact. Um, I liked that because that was like, oh yeah, that's a regressed memory of like, and they th- and and they worked like when they were walking around like Richie's flashbacks. Yeah, worked really well because he's go like or you know when we see these flashbacks as they're going through the areas that they are getting their tokens from. Oh, that yeah. makes sense to me. But I don't like the fact because the, the way that they did it like in the '90s movie with Silver, mm-hmm. they did that with this. They did it with the clubhouse, clubhouse in this scene. Yeah, in the, in the second movie, they have like a big flashback to like a clubhouse been made in the ground. Why could we not have at least done that first part where we find it? In it would have been nice to have that in the, in the, the first, first movie, movie. For sure. Um, but it was kind of funny to... I like the scenes that kept coming back to the clubhouse later, like with the hairnets and the shit. Ha- that was so... I thought that was super cute. It was very cute. Um, It's... Yeah, there are some things that, again, there are some things that work, and when the things that don't work stand out. Yeah. Very, very much. But overall, it's not bad. No. Uh, the other thing that I did want to mention that I actually really liked, was, and Stephen King apparently really liked oh, it. Oh, yeah. Richie being gay and being really, in love with Eddie. It was really well done. We were kind of skeptical at first. Like, I was we'll say. super... We'll be like, what? Okay. I, I wasn't sure where we were going. But it was really nice. It, it was ended sweet. up being really nice. And yeah. it does tie in with... And I have some separate opinions on the inclusion or how they handled I'm... Adrian's murder. Because as those of you who listen, we did Charlie Howard. And I think that there are certain things about it that I am not super... I have mixed feelings on. Like like Adrian um, goading them on. Like... Continue, right, like, yeah. I, I don't think if it's that is hard for me to swallow because I feel like most people who know that their life is in danger and they're being beaten would not continue to do that. And I think that that could give the wrong impression that maybe he deserved it. I hear I'm you afraid mean that. that that's yeah. or there are people would be like, well, of course that happened. Like, yeah, if you do Ugh. that, like, that that bothers me a little bit. Okay, I hear um, that. Yeah, yeah. But I, so yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. That's that's rough for me. The first time, yeah, maybe. But when he's actively being beaten and is still, like, making. Call, talking shit. And that's the thing about, because the Charlie Howard thing is what, that's what they tried to say is like, oh, he was, he was coming on to us and he was making comments. And so we had, we pan, gay panic. So I yeah, those are my feelings on that. But I think that the fact that they did include it in this movie and then it comes back around because Adrian is part of some of the interaction (laughs) that that Richie has. Yeah. And so that there are some really nice linking moments. Yeah. And then also the fact that Eddie does die and how it really affects Richie. So now he has additional trauma that he has to deal with. And we kind of see him 
you know, he goes, you know, we see where he wrote R and E on the bridge. And so now he has to come to terms. I think it allows, it gives him more room to come to terms with his sexuality, his feelings. Yeah. And I think it gives him more to work on. It's open-ended for Richie. Richie, and especially since he used humor and like tried to cut off the trauma and the, the fear with humor, he has some real repercussions to face. He's yeah. got a lot more work, to, more work than I think some of the other characters have to do. I, I agree with that. He has the longest road to travel in that, it looks like. Um when they're finally at the final scene, we're in the cave and they have this moment where everybody kind of gets separated and has the final confrontation with their traumas, which is like some for more traumatizing than others. Bill literally kills his younger self. Oh, he kills his younger back. brother and kills his younger self. I was like, ah, uh, yeah. but I also under, I, I get. It's the yeah. overcoming of the guilt and burying that blame. Yeah, so I feel like you. Yeah, but the, wow, the visual is traumatized. The visual the is trauma. The, oh, but yeah. what's really cool is that there's a moment where Ben is drowning in a bathroom that's filling up with blood while her abusers are trying to get inside the stall outside. Mm-hmm. Ben is at the same time being buried alive in like the clubhouse, um, and the dirt's falling in. They have a moment where the doors. The stuff. Bev, Bev kicks the, the fucking door, door open and like kicks it open and it opens up to Ben in the ground and they're like reaching out for each other. And she, Visually, it's a very cool moment. It's such a cool moment. And then also it works for me because we like they get together at the end. Yeah. Like in this moment, they both they both overcome. Well, because Ben is being buried alive and he Bev has this active moment of overcoming this trauma mm-hmm. and she helps pull Ben out. So I think that it doesn't, it's a little weak on Ben's part, I think. But I think visually then like it's, it solidifies that interaction that they had as kids, like that connection they made. It is solid now. Yeah. They are linked and they end up together. And I think that's very sweet. The uh, final it death scene in the second movie is actually pretty cool too. I also love so quickly about him because he's still the spider thing, but I yeah, like that he he maintains monster. the the clown. Yeah, I like that too. It's kind of goofy at first, but it's kind of is interesting. It's like it's a it's his most preferred yeah visual, and it's another thing. It's another reminder that these entities are connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all the same. We get yeah. this visual. Oh my god! And then when he turns into the freaky baby, <laughs> yeah. So like basically, freaky clown baby. <laughs> the tactic ends up becoming, you know, bully uh, him. They bully him. <laughs> they make him believe that he is small. Basically, that's the logic. But yeah, yes. it's to show that they're larger than their fears. Uh, that he is just a small, weak, eldritch god. <laughs> He's not as powerful as the turtle. I am the eater of worlds. <laughs> not as powerful as the turtle. So the kid, the, the adults just bully him until he shrivels up into this like tiny little. Which I think is also a Eldritch very baby. interesting message. <laughs> what? How's that? Bully your problems into submission. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> the people that bother you, bully them into submission. You don't like your boss, bully, bully them, them into submission. <laughs> I am the project manager. You're a clown. <laughs> Uh, so that's 
an interesting, but I think, I get, I also love that. So when they finally defeat him, they do the heart thing again. Yeah. Which I think still works. And they crush, yeah, they crush him out of existence. Poor Eddie. They rip his heart out. It's great. It's a cool visual. They Kalima his ass. Um, Kalima. Yeah, and like crush it, and then he fucking turns to dust. It, which is also what happens to Voldemort. Um, I did know. So I was like, this is very Voldemorty. And again, I said like the, when he's like the little weird clown baby, he looks like the little fleshy uh, embryo thing. Yeah, that, the fetus and the fetus. the train dream. Yes. Yeah. So it's interesting. That's very interesting that that. I feel like those visuals like feed in, into the language of the film. Um, kill evil babies. Kill evil babies, y'all. Uh, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> oh, it's like the omen. Um, <laughs> but I also really like when they do come out of the cave, they jump off the cliff into the water because they're fucking nasty. They're, they're so, nasty as fuck. <laughs> but it also, and how Bev is the first one to jump in. Again, yeah. like there's these really nice bookends. They're cool. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think, like I said, I think to wrap everything up, Richie has a long way to go. Yeah. And Bill seems to feel like he's got a new start. Mike has a new start. That Mike's going to be wearing some like Tommy Bahamas. And is gonna yeah, be he's going on fucking vacation. He's like, I am now moving to fucking. I'm taking my librarian money and. <laughs> going to Tahiti. retiring, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Bev and Ben have this new life together and i like the fact that we they don't make they don't bring up this whole like have you tried to conceive a baby and you know like like they don't bring any of that up and i think that it works better for it i think that's a very weird part of pennywise's curse um i guess it's a weird part of pennywise's curse but you could also say that maybe that is a Maybe that's symbolism for if you hold on to, you know, you have all this trauma that you haven't worked through. Maybe you're not ready to bring a child into the world. Maybe. I don't know. Do I want, is it that deep? I don't know. I you don't, tell I don't, me. I don't but know I like that, that deep. <laughs> I like this being, I like that it's not present and we don't yeah. do this. And they, they had a baby. No, it's just kind of like they, an unnecessary detail, you know. Yeah, it's like they, they are happy, you know. Yeah. Uh, my biggest question is, I wonder what they told Eddie's wife. Ooh, yeah. His uh, mom. I love, we did, we thought it was really funny. They used the same actress for Eddie's mom and his wife. Yeah, because that's what they kind of did in the books is like, oh, his wife is his mom. His mom is his wife. Yeah. Um, So it was funny to see that it was the same actress. Yeah. And I, so as just a, this is my general disclaimer. I said I was going to say it at the end. Through all of the media, the it media, as Jackson likes to say, there's a lot of fat phobia. Oh yeah, for sure. And as a as as a fat person, it's a lot. Um, and I have some big opinions. I'm not gonna go into it. Um, but it's something to be aware of that it's very present in all of the iterations. And I I'm just sort of like, yep, Ben's fat. We get it. Just <laughs> fucking stop. <laughs> Yuck it up, fatties. <laughs> uh, I will say that I was happy that they chose an actual fat kid to play Ben. Yeah, they did. Yeah. In the new movie because I'm just sort of like so a foot like the the kid in the 90s movie looks like he's just a football player. Yeah, no, he's not that chunky. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a little chunky, but he's not fat. No. And no. so yeah, I was like cool. He's 90s but, fat. 
That's what I said. Oh yeah. <laughs> but so that's that I just wanted to briefly mention it. I'm sure that I'm I'm sure other people have noticed it. Um but that it's just something that it affected it affected me and it is very present on my mind as somebody who is in a larger body and also has stuff. Not to get too into it, but I've got stuff around that. Um, I've got this baggage. Can I've you got, hold it? I've got some baggage that I've been working on for a very long time, but it just keeps getting heavier. Uh, I keep adding <laughs> rhinestones to this baggage, and it's not making it better. It doesn't make it... Well, yeah, that's the thing about trauma is you can dress it up, but, you know, it doesn't do anything. That's a joke. So, yeah, uh, you can dress it up like a clown, but it's still going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> so, overall, uh, I think that this We're was very favorable. Fun. Yeah, this was favorable. a fun movie. I think that this is really... I think that... It is a very good story, and I think it, it makes sense to me that this is so in, an enduring. Yeah. And I think that it it is. You know. Also, I think it is interesting because it's it does also it's been. Say it more. <laughs> Mental health has been more on people's minds, uh-huh. so I think that this story that, it, and you can see it like it. The miniseries doesn't go as deep into the trauma, but as mental health has been more on people's minds and trauma and how it affects people, you see it take the forefront in this new movie. Yeah. And it makes a lot more sense as it's super relatable to people who are just trying to figure things out and who are trying to address not only their own trauma, but the generational trauma, which is very present in Derry. Exactly. I know it's a key point of dairy is the generational trauma. trauma. It's like there's everyone's influenced by it in some small way. I'm with you though, man. Like this is a very good series. Like I mean, I can yeah, exactly. I see why it's lasted so long. With, and you know, also to its credit, like we could have been like, oh, the episode's over. We're just not going to finish the books. We like the book. We like it. Yeah, and which we want to talk about the books about more. It. So it's like. We do. We owe it to ourselves and the listeners to go and finish this shit. Yep. So. Because then we can kill it. Here, yes. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take my hands around this baby clown's little neck and start strangling it. You gotta overcome this trauma. So. I. Money. Want to t- ask you a question. Okay. What's the question? <clears throat> In the case of the It miniseries filmed in 1990. Oh, shit. Clocking in at 100. Ooh, interesting. The original was 192 minutes, but the DVD and Blu-ray version is only 187 minutes. So clocking in at that, starring Tim Curry. What is the budget, Jackson? 1990s HBO. I'm not optimistic about the situation. Um, I'm going to say $4 million. Up. Up? Okay, where are we at on the budget? Six? Ten? Twelve. $12 million. $12 million. Hell yeah. And it, it premiered on ABC. That's what I heard. Yeah. Like it's an, they say HBO miniseries now, but it's an ABC. It was aired on ABC. It was aired on ABC. Okay. It was the biggest success of 1990 and pulled 30 million viewers for its two parts. Okay. Does that, I mean, I don't know how much money that makes. 
Oh yeah, no, I don't. Thirty I'm just million saying, views. I guess that's that's, that's a lot. lot. That's yeah, a lot. lot that's people. a lot of eyeballs. And then times eyeballs. times two because you have two eyes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So 60, 60 million eyeballs were on this, and I'm trying to just briefly try to see about because it did it did get released. Yeah, so it did get released on VHS and Laserdisc. <laughs> wow, in 1991 by Warner Home Video. Laserdisc, it's the future of media. It doesn't say, yeah, I wanted to see if it said anything. Oh, here we go. The, interesting, the Houston Chronicle writer Bruce Westbrook considered a question uh, this a questionable de- business decision for Warner, like kind of talking about like um, the different types of tapes. Uh, there's like lower quality extended play speed version. Like there's... Some fucky wuckiness going on. But versions of this were being sold at a high rental price. How much do you think in 1991, if you walked into... Or 1993, sorry. If you walked into Blockbuster in 1993, how much money are you going to pay to rent a single copy of it? I'm assuming it's going to be high. This is probably seen as like a cult classic at this point. Um, I'm going to say $10 a night. For an evening with it. $79.99. What the fuck? Holy shit. $79.99. Holy shit. That's bonkers. Many retailers were also unequipped to display the cumbersome two-tape products or were worried about customers not wanting to rent a long two-tape set for just one night. Why'd they have to come in two sets? Like, they could have just put it on one. Oh, they could have. Also, I would just like to say that that is from Wikipedia. Just source that. Might not be right. So, in the case of It, chapter one, later titled, or because it's It, but it was later at, at the end, you see chapter one. What do you think... So clocking it at 135 minutes, what is the budget on this movie? It's going to be a lot. Um, give me $35 million. Fuck yes. Really? Thirty-five. It says 35 to $40 million. That's the first time I've been right. <laughs> now, box office. What do you think this motherfucker made? This shit was huge. Oh, this This, everybody this loved that. This shit was huge. People dressing up as clowns, as you said, at the theaters. Like, this was bonkers. This had huge success. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 300 million. Hold on, I lost it. There we go. 701.8 million. Woo! Holy shit! They made... You got a ROI, my friend. Yeah, they made it back. <laughs> Holy shit. Yep. So that I can't even conceive yeah, so it, seven hundred million dollars. It grossed thirty. That's one uh, Jeff Bezos lot. At, uh, yacht, at least. <laughs> lot. <laughs> it grossed three hundred and twenty-eight point eight million in the United States and uh, three hundred seventy-three million in other territories. So worldwide, you know, it 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 made it back. They they did a they did a great job. Number so, two. In the case of it, chapter two. I'm gonna clocking say, in at 169 minutes. Okay. What is the budget? I'm gonna say it's higher, primarily because of the actors involved in this one. Mm-hmm. Like they had to pay. I mean, 
I'm, like we're talking about some billable actors, some pretty top bill guys. I know, and they also like they. I don't know how they were able to do it. They were able to net Stephen King to play the fucking. Uh, <laughs> The uh, pawn shop owner, like, wow, like, holy shit. You didn't I, even mention wow. that. Yeah, he has a little cameo, and it's, <laughs> it's pretty cute. fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, they did try and get, I, I mentioned too, they tried to get Guillermo del Toro. Didn't work. They also tried to get uh, Joe Hill. Didn't work. Didn't work. Stephen so, King's schedule was. Stephen King. They settled. His schedule is wide open. I love the fact that he he is in most of his movies. I think it's I really very like cool. that too. Yeah, no, it's like the Stan Lee thing, but it's a little less sad. Stephen King at least chooses to do the cameos. Yeah, it's not like they just you know what they did with Stan Lee was just drag him around sets and say do a little dance, old man, make a little love. <laughs> so, uh, what is the budget for again? Yeah, so I said thirty-five million last time. I'm gonna say sixty million on this bad boy. Seventy-nine. Seventy-nine million. Okay, I was off, but yep. you know. I'm ballpark range. So, what do you think this movie made at the box office? I think it did worse. So, he said $700 million on the last one. I'm going to say $500 million on this one. $473.1 I was pretty close. I was pretty close. Yeah, you're actually, you did pretty good on this one. I, I, okay, so the thing was, like, the when Chapter 2 came out, I remember a lot of people shitting on that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they just said it wasn't as good. But I get it, sure, like... James McAvoy makes some interesting choices as an actor, you know? And he's, like, kind of prominently featured throughout this whole thing. Um, yeah. Along with the other actors, you know? like, But I think everybody did a pretty good job. But uh, I think the novelty of having good child actors might have even drawn people to the theater, you know? Yeah, and I, de- like... I'm looking at it, so they... that, And it's also... Same with the first one. It's split almost 50-50. It's $211.6 million in the U.S. And uh, $261.5 million in other territories. I think it's it's interesting to me. So I don't know if it's just like, you know, opening weekend hits. And then it just isn't... People, you know, people start talking about it. And they're just sort of like... Mm. Yeah, so it made $37.4 million on its first day. Wow. Had the second highest total. Yeah, so they had a second the second highest total for both a September opening and for horror films. And this the the first one was actually the the first highest for a September opening. Nice. So it does seem like you know, people went out they came out big like the first weekend. Yeah. And then reviews came out, and it just... Less favorable situation. Yeah, it had the fifth highest opening weekend for an R-rated film behind It, The Matrix Reloaded, Deadpool, and Deadpool 2. Deadpool's fucking good, though. (laughs) The Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, and then... (laughs) So it was the highest... And then it's second and third weeks. It did have the high... It was the highest grossing movie... But then in the, uh, oh, you know, in the first two, its first two weekends, it was still like the number one movie. Guess what it got dethroned by in its third weekend? Boss Baby. I don't know. The Downton Abbey movie. (laughs) (laughs) Again, all this information is from Wikipedia. That's my source. Yeah, it does seem like people, you know, the 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 critics came out, they didn't like it, so you know, it is what it is. 
I wise think words to leave that with. <laughs> it is what it is. But that is all true. We true enjoyed statement. it, and you hopefully will will come back with the book unless like things catch No, we fire. will come back with the book. <laughs> we will. I will it. I put it out in the universe. Okay. We're going to finish in the, the universe. fucking book. So thank you so much for listening. Yes. We hope you have a happy Halloween. You had a great spooky season. And we'll see you in November for uh, the It Book Club. And also, I'm going to say we should watch The Good Son. <laughs> you want to watch The Good Son? Yeah. Locking it in, Chief. Locking it in. It's a good family film starting off the holidays. Yeah, we're uh, taking a break, but the bonus episodes are still running through. So look forward to the book club and uh, end of November. Got the good sun. Ooh, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.